Hello and welcome to the second Somerillion Film Project of 2023. And we have a fun one tonight. We are talking, we're, 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 we're getting down to big one-on-one -on -one battles. Oh man. Right? It's Finrod versus unnamed werewolf in the basement, in the, in the dungeon. <laughs> exactly. That's the one everyone's no. waiting for. That's <laughs> it. That's it. We've got, we got Luthien showing up and tumbleweeds rolling around and it's going to be right. awesome. And the and then the 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 nuclear meltdown of the. <laughs> this episode has it all: explosions, well yeah, yeah, <laughs> romance, explosions, philosophy, werewolves. Come on, necromancy. The gas bag guys and explosions. <laughs> Anything you want, we have it in this episode. Absolutely, absolutely. So no, this is going to be it's going to be very exciting. Um, just a couple announcements before we begin. We do have two upcoming events, uh, including, of course, Osmoot down in Australia, which is happening next week. So I'm going to be headed down to Australia next week. Going to be hanging out with Ilana and Philip Menzies and a bunch of other film film folks down there. Going to be great fun. Um, Ilana is actually uh, our, our host for the event um, at the University of Queensland there in Brisbane. Uh, so we're... Um, uh, anyway, so that's going to be this coming weekend, and then we also have Sunshine Moot scheduled in March, and a bunch of others that are, like, almost ready to confirm uh, in and other times in the spring. whole bunch of moots in the pipeline, which is very exciting. And speaking of in the pipeline, very imminently in the pipeline, we have a bunch of new releases from Signum University Press, which I'm particularly excited about. Um, we are uh, we are beginning the launch. So we've had one so far, but we are beginning the launch of a number of other works um, that people can subscribe to monthly. You may remember that I, when I was talking about, when I've talked about the press before, one of the things that we are doing differently at the press is that rather than just having to wait for the book to come out, uh, you're going to be able to subscribe to the work in progress as we go and get serial updates uh, of the books as they come out. So every book is going to be releasing. We're not going to release every single book this way. There are going to be some books that will just release uh, in full, uh, uh, you know, completed final form. Um, but for many of them, as they go along, we're going to be uh, publishing like a chapter a month or uh, sometimes a couple of chapters a month. It'll vary depending on the books. And the length of the chapters. Um, but um, uh, anyway, that's going to be coming so you can subscribe uh, to get early access to uh, to these books. And also, of course, get to support the author of the work as the book is being written, which is that whole relationship is really cool. I have loved so much what we've been doing so far um, with our author circles. And now with the subscriptions uh, really beginning, coming to the release point, my book is going to be released in subscription starting next month. Uh, so you can get chapter one of my new book next month and then a chapter a month thereafter. Uh, so that has been uh, it's been really exciting to see that has been building for a while, um, and we finally have come to that release point. So I have more information on on those things. Uh, uh, the kind of we're 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 flipping switches on those right now. But you can go uh, to the Signum University Press website and find more information there. You can also go to BlackBerry. Um, you can find links to BlackBerry in several places on uh, on Signum University's webpage, and within BlackBerry you can make the purchases. 
is you can either subscribe to the books, which is cheap. It's like two bucks a month. So it's a really small uh, monthly fee uh, to be part of the release, the serial release of these books uh, to get early access and see them for the first time. And then you can uh, um, or you can sign up for the author circles if you would like. Um, That includes the serial release of the book, but you get so much more Um, to be a member of the author circle. You are basically kind of like in the inner circle of support uh, for uh, the authors for all of the different projects that they're doing, not just for that one book. Um, so with my author circle, I meet with them every month and I, uh, I, they're my sounding board and my accountability group. We talk about plans for uh, a lot of the plans that I already have. Um, even a lot of the new plans that have changed since I wrote the introduction um, have really emerged from conversations that I've been having with my author circle. So that's been uh, really, really exciting. So uh, anyway, that, that's... Uh, Lots of really cool stuff uh, coming out from uh, Signum University Press. So more on that soon um, once we have more links for you. But as I said, you can go and check that out. And especially if you're listening to this asynchronously, it's probably already happened by now. So you can check that out. Um, Anyway, all right. Let us get to the excitement today. We're looking at Tulsirian. Uh, it's the Tall Syrian bottle episode. We were in Tall Syrian last time, last episode. That is last session. We were talking about casting last episode. Um, we got Baron and Finrod's imprisonment uh, and the song battle between Sauron and Finrod. Um, now, oh man, there's so much payoff in this episode. I just love that um and there's a lot of pressure for payoff in this episode as this is a this is not only you know i mean every season we pretty much have an episode in the middle of the season which is like the sort of the hinge the turning point of the you know the kind of uh pivot point of the season and this this is this is the pivot point for this season this is the this is the big one in the middle here uh the little mini finale uh in the midst of the season um, now, Marie, where did you find this drawing? Um, which drawing are we looking at? The painting. The, the yeah, the the Tulsirian bottle episode page with the painting. Okay. Yes. Yes. So there's, it's Tolkien's artwork, right? Yeah, I can tell yeah. that it is, but I I I don't remember seeing or. It's been a long time anyway since I've I seen it. I just pulled it off the Signum University forums because someone posted it while we were talking about Tilsirian on Silver. There we go. There we but go. But where they got it, I don't recall. I assume it was from one of the collections of his art. I just don't know which well, one. Must be. There is a new edition of the Cimmerillion out there that is illustrated by the author. And if I had to venture a guess, if it came up in a recent conversation. Nope. No? Season four. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. So two years. It ago. was probably out somewhere already. Yeah, I but mean, it existed, I'll but it bet might, you, you it might can be get it if, that, if you want to see it yourself. That might be which, a place to find that it. That copy of the Cimmerillion. You can get a very, very nice copy of the Cimmerillion from that that uh, edition. I yeah. was very tempted. I didn't buy it, but yeah, I don't remember seeing this this painting before. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I'd have to check and see who posted it and track it down. The The other concept art there is by Octoburn. He um, provided the um, concept for the bridge spanning right. the river. And since right. this particular battle takes place at the bridge, I figured. 
right. I could include that tonight. But right. yeah, so I know the source of one of the pieces of art I provided, and I know right. the artist of the other one. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, it it looks like a Tolkien painting. I mean, the, the, the style it, is, is. It definitely is. is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could sort of see that, or at least somebody imitating his style very well. Um, I like Thangor driven the distance. I love that. Yeah, that's what I was just looking at. It's like, it's such um, a small detail. It is, but it's a delightful. Um, it manages to convey really clearly in like one little picture, just like a, a sort of a detail rectangle of the middle of that image is a really way of encapsulating the strategic significance of Tulsirian, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if with, with this river valley that is being, you know, this gap in the mountains that's being protected by Tulsirian, it's straight sailing <laughs> to Thangarodrum from there. Well, also, based on the size of the cloud above Thangorjrim, I would hazard a guess that this painting was painted like the day um, the day Minas Tirith was completed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this is extremely early on because I think that he expands the cloud for the Dagoraglareb, and so it would look bigger than this if it were at that point. And it certainly. <clears throat> looks like uh it certainly does not look like tol and Gowerhoth. uh no this uh, is sure. the happy yeah. days of Tolsirian. yeah yes. clearly clearly dr burns says that the drone was colored by someone else he he drew it okay so this tolkien is a sketch by it. tolkien that was then yes colored but ah. the coloring is in his style too <laughs> on it's like, really good yeah masterfully done it is yeah, very well okay done. so we have somebody who knows where this came from i just don't okay <laughs> I just know where I got it. <laughs> it is in the illustrated Cimmerillion Stephen Cotter says. Okay. Okay. There we go. Very good. Very good. He probably grabbed his copy off the shelf and looked. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exciting. Um, okay, cool. So, um, all right. So let us, whoops, hang on. Um, overview of our three plots for this episode. Um, the A-plot, of course, is Luthien coming to Tolengarahoth, confronting Sauron at the gates of the tower. The B-plot is what's happening inside the tower, Baron and Finrod, and their conversation, the, both the conversation and events um, that uh, go on uh, in there. And then the C-plot is the villain's point of view. So there we get not only... Sauron and Thuringwethel at times, which we've gotten before, but also Draugluin and Thuringwethel, right? Um, so we get uh, some different perspectives there. And the frame is the the first meeting of Aragorn and Arwen. So, all right. Um, let me just mention before I forget, I really loved the call forward to Arwen in the middle of the episode. Um, that like one of the one of the things that Sauron is going to say to try to you know sap the spirit of Luthien is basically to sort of outline that thing that sounds like Arwen's fate um, I, I, that I thought was uh, lovely. We thought it was a better place to give that speech to somebody than to say Elrond, mm-hmm. to say to his daughter, 
for instance. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a thought. Yeah. Yeah. Especially can I, can like. Can I confess that I, and upon reading that, I wondered if that was a typo. <laughs> I was like, wow. Oh, interesting. Huh? Maybe that's a typo. Yeah. No, I, I, just that. Well, just the like a, a parallel to like telling her the substance of that, like threatening her with the same ending that Arwen is given, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I. Oh, oh. Is that what is that what we're implying? He's not like saying like someday you'll have a. Yeah, you know, I. Yeah. I have to admit when I saw it in the outline, Dave, I did a double take like that too, and I'm like. Wait, okay. what? He like Sauron knows what's going to happen to Arwen, but then I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry for the confusion. Yes. Yeah, so we take the notes live during the script discussions, right? So some things seem to make a lot of sense in the moment that might not make sense <laughs> after. No problem. And what Nick brought up was the I can't stand some of the characterizations of Elrond in the Peter Jackson films because. Mm. He seems like such a terrible dad. Yeah. <laughs> and I realized why they did that with his character. I realized what the point was and everything. But it's still sad. It's like, but Elrond's kind of summer. He wouldn't be like this. Um, totally spent an hour and a half this afternoon talking about Elrond's characterization in the Peter Jackson movie on Other Minds and Hands. Just okay. <laughs> so totally fresh in my summer. mind this this okay. issue. So, yeah. so you're remembering <laughs> kind of summer until you ask for my daughter's hand. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, so it's not like it's a bad speech that he gives, and it's not that it's wrong. Arwen is making a choice that has this fate attached to it. But who would be cruel enough to actually say that to someone in that position? The answer is. <laughs> Sauron. So right. that's how we did it. Is we're like, good speech, wrong setting. Right. Let's put it in a more appropriate setting, which is someone trying to destroy their enemy rather than right. counsel their daughter. Or, or was um, uh, was Alron in the Peter Jackson films really just Sauron in disguise? <laughs> <laughs> we explain a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say, I emerged from my discussion of Elrond's character in the Peter Jackson films today with a much greater respect for what they're doing with his character in the in the film. But, like, I get it. I know what they're yeah. doing. I just could. I hear maybe you. Not yeah. like parts of it, or not like the you. consequences of the choice. No, and, there there are many parts of that it. that that middle bit that that are pretty awkward. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Nick, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, if I were to start, uh, in which, uh, like. I wish I had time to do all these things. If I were to start unpacking the Peter Jackson films, I think that what would eventually be teased out is the the absolute need to have resistance to the party in uh, in Rivendell, um, along with uh, resistance to, to to set up the resistance to Aragorn mm-hmm. himself, mm-hmm. right? Um, but again, that is a function of the medium, which the, the medium being three extremely long movies, whereas we're telling an even longer movie, but that gives us the opportunity to do all of this characterization for Aragorn in particular up front so that when we send him out, he is pitted against Sauron, mm-hmm. not against Elrond. Mm-hmm. Not because 
yes, he is pitted against Sauron in the end, but you never really see Sauron as Aragorn's antagonist. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that the film successfully tells you that. You know, no, like, Aragorn's like, antagonist <clears throat> is like himself for most yeah. of the films. Yes. Yeah. His his past, um, mm-hmm. his, his, his self-doubts. Yeah. 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 Um, Which works. And also his girlfriend's dad. And his oh. girlfriend's dad. Well, you know, right. the, I don't, I don't, he's not so much opposition as, uh, <laughs> you know. He's he's uh, an obstacle to be sure, at least in, well, in the beginning. Well, except un- he's t- the one who turns the corner. Right. right. It's well, Arwen he, who saves the day, of course. Yes. yes. In the end. Because she and convinces her dad. Who, well, yes. A little assist on Galadriel's part, but whatever. Anyway, okay, we're di- we're digressing. The point is, <laughs> the point is, Sauron can be cruel, seeing as mean? how his name is Gorthar the Cruel. Exactly. Yeah. So I just I I did like I did love the way that that was. I just wanted to, because I might forget that detail. So since we're with the reference of the of the frame with the Aragorn and Arwen frame, I wanted to mention it while I was thinking about it. Okay. Um. So let's talk about the A plot. So, Huana's good at tracking and fighting wolves. Yep, yep. Um, but he, so he, so the two of them track Huan, track, no, the, Huan tracks. They track uh, Finrod and Baron to the tower and then figure out that they must be in the tower, right? Um, and I do like the, um, I, of course, don't insist on, zero dog fights <laughs> on screen yeah. but yes the the idea that um rather than having to invent increasingly elaborate and heroic ways for Huan to kill wolfhounds without making it look repetitive um uh you know like they do in martial arts movies uh instead of just like punching people uh you know in the next like dozens and dozens of times we have to find new and creative ways to hit people we don't need to do that with Huan, um, so we're keeping them uh, uh, in from Luthien's viewpoint. Um, by the, I just as I was reading it, the image of just like a camera focusing on Luthien as she comes in, and just like the sounds, mm-hmm. like the you know hearing wolves being taken down, um, like especially if this were in like theater sound, so that you would get it like coming from over here and then you get it coming from from like up in the front over there and then back over here like Huan is everywhere just like killing wolves all over the place um, is uh, I think really eerie actually yeah. um, and there's there's a kind of fun irony there right I mean it's the island of werewolves and the werewolves themselves are supposed to be like they're wolves but they're but they're you know these like pretty naturally powerful wolves like in um uh, you know, s- something like we get in the Fellowship of the Ring. And um, but then but they're being like out, not just out, be, but like that Huan is to them, you know, the like this like divine Avenger figure um, yes. who is just laying them low one by one and hunting yeah. them down. Um, uh, you know, the, the way that that, uh, you know, the the hunters become the hunted is just really fun. I think yeah. that that's uh, mm-hmm. th- that worked well. I recall that the when we got to the point where this particular action, this sequence took place, was actually really troublesome um, because if we had arrived at it too early, 
now <laughs> now what happens like how long do we do we string that out um, right so we decided to have them you know go at first go past mm-hmm. um to to go around tal and garha uh, and then realize oh no they're they're there they're in yeah. there right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and of course when all the werewolves are going down that um that also gives away it kind of gives away the game a little bit because now sauron and dragruin especially know who's out there right they don't have to see him right right um but i i i saw that we kept the huan is here uh moment right we kept the line we changed the context yes right right Right. Because, yeah, we didn't want it just to be Dragluin's like dying words. Right. Mm-hmm. Instead, mm-hmm. it's a it's a kind of relished uh, statement. Like, yes, yes, Huan is here now. <laughs> now I get my moment. Right. Because the, the prophecy has been spoken on screen, not recently. Like it was the end yeah. of season four, um, and they've seen each other in a battlefield situation before from opposite sides, obviously, but never actually got into contact. So the anticipation from drug side is I'm the one who's going to take Huan down. And we wanted to show that, that he, he knows that Huan's there and he wants to do something about that. Right. Like he has he's not, every he's, plausible he's not reason afraid. to believe that he's the one. Yeah. 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 He's the greatest werewolf that he knows. <laughs> he doesn't know right. that that Morgoth is off raising Neo in his basement. Exactly. He's got. He's got. Um, I mean, he's the father of werewolves. <clears throat> Who else would it be? Exactly. Right. Um, he's, he's the first one, and so yeah. So yeah. So we just kind of wanted to use that line to show his anticipation of the fight, yes. rather than to show his death. Yes. Yes, he's off to meet his destiny, which turns out to be true, but not as he expects. Um, love yeah. that, love that. It's a, it's it's a really fun, it's a really fun reversal um, of that line. Uh, like you keep the line, but you reverse the line, but you don't change fundamentally what happens. But I really, I like that a lot. Um, mm. Tell me about the role of the conversation between Draugluin and Thurin Gwethel beforehand. Like, we get that one scene, right? It's just the one scene of the two of them kind of... Uh, so, we needed a mystery. but... Okay. Yeah, we mm-hmm. needed a mystery for the villains to be solving. And it can't be, gee, who do you think that elf lord that just fought Sauron is? Because pretty sure he's Finrod. <laughs> like the skies is gone it's Fenrod like we know who Fenrod is we know what he looks like uh, right. so that that mystery was resolved in the last episode essentially mm-hmm. so now the only question that remains is well what was Fenrod doing right why he... was Fenrod and 10 guys from Nargothrond yeah trying to sneak past them to go to Angband cuz the, the the orc story was we don't report in here. We go to Angband, and they're like, "What are you talking about?" Right. So, like, what was Finrod up to? And they never really figured it out. And none of the elves are talking. And so, Theron Grethel wants to know because she wants to know everything. That's her thing. <clears throat> um, 
And she's never going to find out. But she is going to find out Baron's identity. Because random mortal dude wasn't really as obvious as Finrod. Right. So they knew he was human, and he was the one human with all the elves, so whatever. Yeah. But yeah. she finds the Ring of Fair here, and now she knows who he is. And that's unfinished business for her. So we gave her a little bit of a side right. story there. For Drogluin's side of things, it's more of the, they won't talk, I'll make them talk kind of thing. Right. Because we had to have somebody come up with the why is one wolf at a time coming into the pit and killing the prisoners in the dungeon like what's that all about we needed to give someone agency there so drog lewin mm-hmm. is deliberately doing this and ordering the wolves to do this so even if drog lewin himself doesn't kill finrod because that doesn't work um right. we can see that drog lewin is the one who is responsible ultimately for finrod's death right um yeah, first of all, I think it's a I think it's a wonderful idea. Um it is a very natural working through of the situation. That is the the mystery, I mean. Um cuz I mean the only thing more puzzling and unlikely than Finrod and 10 dudes sneaking back into Tolsirian would be Finrod and 10 dudes going to Angband. Like why would like obvi- I mean, he knows he's not dumb. Like Obviously, there's some plan, you know. There's yeah. something going on there, but what on earth is the plan? Um, it, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, and even like Finrod's presence makes it like way more mysterious than it would otherwise be, right? I mean, it can't be some kind of scouting mission because Finrod himself would not go on a scouting mission, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if it's if one of the greatest of the elf lords is personally involved in this, it must be a big deal. But yeah. what could he possibly do? What What is he hoping to accomplish? Like, he must have some plan, but what could it possibly be that he has? And so the suspicion that it has something to do with Tulsarian, it's okay. Like, so, like, going to Angband, like, that has to have been a lie, right? Like yeah, that, that's, that, I that's mean, insane. Yeah. I mean, not even Finn, like... Finrod couldn't do anything and he's not that stupid. So like clearly that must be a lie. And so but of course he built Tolsirian, so the idea that he thinks he might be able to accomplish something if he gets himself into Tolsirian, especially since he wasn't there when it fell, right? Yeah. So maybe Sauron could have some doubt of like had Finrod been there, maybe he knows, you know, maybe there was he something might that he out did how to sing down the tower or something. Exactly. Like, you know, maybe there was something that he could do um or could have done had he been there and could still do, you know, if he if he comes. So that seems a, an extremely plausible paranoid suspicion uh on Sauron's part and he would clearly uh, want to get to the bottom of that. I would suspect, he, I would even go so far as to say um, he might, he probably hasn't reported this because no. he would want to figure this out before he reports this to Morgoth. Um, it reminds me of, um, oh, which one was it? Was it, it was Gorbag, wasn't it? Gorbag? I'm sure, I can never remember if it was Shagrat or Gorbag. Um, I think it's oh, Gorbag right. who talks about, you know, says, like, you know, it, it won't look too pretty if you say you've <laughs> caught the kitten and let the cat escape, right? Um, yeah. And so he advises not reporting it until they find the, the elf warrior who's, who's, who's loose, right? 
um, I can see a similar kind of rationale. Like, on the one hand, we caught one of the elf lords in the middle of some, like, uh, really puzzling but probably devious scheme. Um, But no, actually, I have no idea what it was. Like, Sauron would not want to be in that position, I think, reporting back to Morgoth. So, um, so it would it, it also, would it would end up preserving the secret for a while. Yeah, it's kind of. It, I think it also one of the nice things it does too is it it, uh, it addresses sort of this is another one of those those things that as you read the published Silmarillion you don't think too much about it, but when you get into the details, like clearly there must have been a massive failure of intelligence that um, that Baron and Luthien were able to breach Angband. Like how <laughs> how did they get that far and no one knew. No one saw it coming. Right. No one had even an inkling. Right. Um, uh, and this this is like we're actually sort of providing an explanation for like how would that come about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's going to yeah, be the a leak, th- right? But but mm-hmm. but we'll we'll that's a that's a later problem. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Marie. Yeah. Oh, I was say, the other thing we've changed a little bit is the timeline in that we've had Luthien depart Doriath much earlier. So it's not like Finrod and Baron sit in that tower for months mm-hmm. while she. Right just decides to leave and to then has to escape the treehouse, go to Nargothron, yeah. they go there. Yeah. Like, she's not weeks behind them the way she right. is in yeah. the original story. So that allows for there to have been a slight delay and therefore no, no report made and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because I, I get the impression that everyone in Nargothron knew that Finrod was a prisoner in Tulsarian mm. before he died. Kind the- of. It was long enough that they they blamed the Feanorians for his death, making it very clear that they thought if they had only tried to rescue him sooner, he wouldn't have died. Didn't they not find out until the refugees yeah, came back? Like the prisoners? Then, they did, but then they suspect... The, 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 the change there is very quick of like, it's your fault, you should have known this. Right. The, right. Like the, the lack of intelligence is on both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Angband doesn't know what's going on, but apparently neither does Nargothrond. Yeah. Right. So right. like just letting them sit there too long allows everyone to go, how come no one knew where Finrod was? Like, right. Yeah. And, and of course, another, another thing that we spend ungodly amounts of time discussing <laughs> when we were discussing this episode was the actual scene in the dungeon with scenes in the dungeon where they were getting killed. Yeah. Yeah. How to pull off the, I'm in a cell, but I'm somehow aware of the fact that werewolves are killing other people. Right. Because the, the, for example, things I wanted to avoid, I wanted to avoid a werewolf walking up to a door <laughs> Even a barred door and opening it and coming no, like, nosing it open. And be, excuse me, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna open the door like Lassie, and then I'm gonna rip your throat out. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Because he also before he goes in, he instructs the prisoners to like turn around and put their hands on the wall. Yeah, yeah. Right. right. Well, uh, you know, you just you install a dog door. In all <laughs> a little dog flap on the prison doors. What were, like what were some, uh, like what were some of the other things that we. That we've oh we floated for a while a this idea that it was a round or octagonal um, room and they were all chained to the walls but the room was dark enough that they couldn't see the center of the room and so they'd be aware or that there were little alcoves in the in the right. wall I and think. they were yes yeah. yeah that that also came up um, I did create as we were discussing it a uh, a thing if I could share it. 
if that would be all right. Um, okay. Actually, wait, easier thing than sharing it. Well, it send it to you. It was send it to you. Activate yeah. You. Why don't you send it to me? Okay. Hang on. Uh, yeah. So the, it basically, there were some logistics involved and we did not necessarily want to show werewolves killing elves on screen. Mm -hmm. um, we wanted it to be something that was happening more or less off screen. So heard more than seen. Like the I think Hulan that's scarier, like. honestly. I mean, yeah. like watching a werewolf yeah. rip the throat out of an elf lord on screen could be horrifying. Mm -hmm. But I think that hearing it happen off screen is scarier. And if we were going to show any actual violence against an elf, it had to be the scene with Fenrod. So we kind of wanted to save it for that. And mm -hmm. um, therefore we wanted to keep... Oh, no. um, oh, sorry. Oh, we just we wanted to be able to to keep that as a an off screen event, but still right. the prisoners would be aware of what's going on. Right. Um. So yeah, what we eventually ended up with. Oh, and then the other design issue is that Minas Tirith was not constructed with dungeons because the elves probably wouldn't have needed them, so it had to have been something that was converted into a dungeon. So putting that all together, we decided that there were grain storage bins in the floor that were um, then converted into oubliettes that werewolves could jump into and jump out of. Okay. And you put at most two guys in each one, and they're big enough that you can chain them to the wall so they can't um, get to each other to help each other out. But there's only two guys per so, Nick, you made a roll twenty map of the dungeon of Tolkien. It was well because I was doing it as we were talking, and it was the fastest way I could. I could. Uh, okay. I could gotcha. kind of create it. Okay, so here's the visual here. All right. Okay, so the black line down the middle is a raised walkway. It's it's right, high enough walkway. that, that mm -hmm. the prisoners, even if they were unchained, couldn't pop out of. Yeah. Right. Um, and these, there are these little, as, as Marie has dubbed them, oubliettes, mm -hmm. which are actually like grain bins. It's places where you right. would store stuff. Right. Right. Um, but it's fantastic for keeping people imprisoned someplace where you can see them. And it's great for a werewolf to kind of prowl down the line and jump, they jump can jump down, down inside. into any of them. Yeah. yeah. Right kill you know dispatch one or more of the prisoners if they want and jump back out and the people down there would be well aware of what was going on because they'd see the wolf go by and come back dripping with blood or whatever and they'd hear <clears> the <throat> screams from right across mm -hmm. so yep. there are walls in between each one of them but no ceilings on any of them right well there's okay. a ceiling probably but, to yeah, the eventually chamber, right, yeah, but yeah, yeah yeah right right yeah um okay all right i see it i see it um, uh, yeah, and the other design issue is, of course, um, this entire tower is going to fall down. Yes. And Baron is not going to escape the dungeon before that time. So yes. the structural stability of the dungeon needs to be such that he can survive the entire tower right. falling on his head. <laughs> so right. sticking him in an oubliette seemed like a really safe way to have, <laughs> have that be a nice preserved. Base for him. 
Right. And he and Finrod are in the same cubby, so they can have yes. their conversation. Yeah, and then F yeah, and we wanted conversational volume uh conversations instead of like shouting across a dungeon at each other. Right. Right. And yeah, it would be hard to have Athrobeth part two, you know, shouting over a wall at each other would be awful. Right. Yeah. Right. Um so then to make a reason for that, like, oh, isn't it so convenient that the two of them are in one cubby? It was once Theron Gwethel realizes who Baron is, then she puts him in with Finrod. Like, they're saving those two for last. Right. And also, they, I mean, knowing who he is, um, that he is a person of interest, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's also always the chance that they could overhear something uh, by having the two of them able to talk to Right. Her. Right. So, yeah. Theron Gwethel deliberately yeah. puts the two of them in the same dungeon. Yep. Yep. Nope, and, uh, that makes sense. That works. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for the visual. Nick, I appreciate that. That uh, that that helps. That's good. <laughs> that's good. It's funny that you mapped it in Roll20. Um, but um, I don't know why that's funny, but I find it funny. Um, okay, so... Well, that was a little bit of plot B now, wasn't it? But that's okay. Okay. Um, We'll come back to the collapsing tower because I still have questions about what that looks like, but we'll, sure, we'll get sure. there eventually. Um, actually, I think I want to jump ahead. Let's jump ahead and talk about the villain point of view. Can I, can I, can okay. I go there? Sure. Um, yeah, there should be a slide for the villains. Yeah, I got the villains here. Okay. Um, sorry. So we have the, the mystery. Totally makes sense. Um, that Draugluin would be the one who comes up with the I'll kill one at a time, you know, by werewolf and we'll get him to talk that way. That totally fits Draugluin. Um, it's Tevildo who would have suggested, like, painfully torturing each one of them individually, right? Right. Um, I, I felt like having that conversation, the absence of Tevildo would be present there it would be a felt, little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I was He's the one who would have specialized in this situation had he been Right, around. I was hoping we could just kind of create that feeling without having someone go, gee, if only Tavildo were still here. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. But like, yeah, so I, I, I agree that this is indeed his specific... Oh, man, this is point. his cup of tea. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, Tavildo would have figured out what's going on. The fact <laughs> that they don't solve the mystery is because it's right. not Tavildo trying to solve it. Yep, yep. Um... Now, tell me more about Thurin Gwethil. What is she, what's her reaction to finding, or realizing Baron's identity? She would certainly know about the ring because of her time in, in, in Dorthonian. And, sure. um, she, the re, here's the, the reason I'm asking is that her own relationship with, Dorthonian and the outlaws there is kind of fraught, right? I mean, on the one hand, that was her job. She almost completed it, right? She took out all of them except this one. So on the one hand, look, oh, like, what a satisfying opportunity to tie up a loose end from her past, right? But at the same time, she was, like, not happy about being sent there. Yeah, there's a few things. Is that we've subtracted out the four years of Baron as a right. lone outlaw right. in Dorthonian. Yeah. Yeah. So 
It's very likely that Theron Gwethel never knew she missed one. Ah. She got the news of where the camp was. She hit the camp. She killed them all. And that was the end of the Outlaws of Darthonia. They they didn't get the ring. Would she have thought about that? Yeah. So obviously Baron did kill Gorgol the Butcher after the attack. So somebody was still around. Right. But then whoever that was never caused any problems again. So maybe problems seem they're to dead now. Solved. Yeah. 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 Like the, it, it maybe they died trying feel... to cross the mountains in the South or something like that. <laughs> right. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> it could happen. So, yeah. Dorthonian is a dangerous place. He didn't yeah. make it. He was by yeah. himself, like whatever. But I don't think she left Dorthonian feeling that like there were loose ends there or that she didn't finish her job or that she was unsuccessful. She left feeling, I was given a job. I did my job. Everything worked out great. Here I am mm-hmm. coming back. I'd like my reward now, please. My pat on the back for having done this great job. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, okay. You did your job like you're supposed to. Yeah. Like what? Right. <laughs> so I, she she was disappointed. She she felt uh, unappreciated or unrecognized for her efforts because she, she felt she was quite clever with the whole Shade of Islandel thing. Like, right, right. You know, Gorgel was yeah. there trying to root out the humans and hadn't succeeded and then she shows up and boom they got they got takes care of business yeah right so so she was she had one opinion of what she did what she did as a job there her boss didn't have the same opinion because he never cared about dorthonian he sent her there to take care of a problem right right he he was pushing that job off on her not something it wasn't his goal exactly exactly so it was never part of his big plan so now that she finds that not only did she not get recognized for it. She didn't even finish the job because one of the guys is still alive and clearly still involved in some mission involving Finrod and maybe retaking Tolsirian. Who knows what they were up to? Now she knows she has a loose end. Now she yeah, knows I, there's more of the job to do. I mean, I've got to think that this has got to really burn her biscuits, doesn't it? This whole thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's especially since like on top of that, as you say, he's not. It's not just that he survived. It's not just that it turns out like. Oh man, it's kind of embarrassing. Like I didn't even finish the job as well as I thought I did. But um but he's apparently part of some like mysterious plot that she doesn't know about, right? So like it's it's and which like arguably somebody could say she should either have known or even have prevented if she'd done her job properly the first time. I mean, at least that's kind of out there. That the potential of that is out there. So is this just going to motivate her? Is she going to be, is, is there going to be a lot of um, like aggression? I mean, she just want Baron dead. Um, is she going, I mean, how is she, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, I want to make sure that we, we, we know clearly how she's going to respond and then why she, how that leads her to act in the way that she acts. Don't we have her put him in the eat last pile? Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's essentially the idea is it is this is another person she needs information out of mm-hmm. um, because he's supposed to be super dead. Oh, right? eat la- like eat him last. Okay, right. right. Yeah, sorry, I was misinterpreting your. Yeah, that, yeah that's gotcha. why he's in Finrod Zubliet. Yeah, yes. yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Right. right. He doesn't start out there, if I recall. Um, but once she realizes who he is, that's where he gets dumped, so that. You know, like we have more time to kind of work on his psychology a little bit. Um, but I don't remember. Did we have them actually 
ask them anything. Well, there's no. not much time. Right. Yeah, well, there I isn't. Mean, that's the problem. We right? get the yeah. impression that she has every intention of questioning him later. So the drug lewin plan of kill him one at a time is to get the elves to the point of realizing, oh, we have to cooperate or we die. Then she'll go question him with the implication of if you don't say things I like, obviously I'm going to feed you to a werewolf now. So figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so she just never gets to do that because Huan and Luthien show up. So like her plan is cut off here. Right. But she basically is taking the lead on the inter or planning to take the lead on the interrogation. Can we give some kind of uh, ominous hint that she has some kind of horrible, horrible plan that she is going to perpetrate on Baron and Finrod to get them to talk? But it ne we don't we don't ever find out what it is. Yeah, I'm fine <laughs> with uh, her implying things that she has planned that never that never come to fruit here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I just. Um, I, one of the challenges here is that we, we, we have very little time, um, especially like backstage with Thurin Gwethel, right? Right. And yet there are a number of things that need to be done in this Thurin Gwethel's final episode, right? Um, the, apart from merely like having her die and she gets a death scene with Sauron, right? Ish. Yeah. Ish, yeah, and we've got to leave a cloak behind. Also, yeah, it's a Sauron-centric scene, mm -hmm. and she's dead. Okay, so it's not a. She doesn't have a final speech. They don't have a touching, uh, uh, you know, farewell. Uh, okay, that's fine. But um, anyway, so there's handling her death and remains is the third thing that has to be managed with her in this episode. Um, but the first two things are her relationship with the souls and her making her move there and her relationship with Baron, which is now, as we've just been unpacking, really emotionally <laughs> complex, right? Um, this is not, I mean, it's way more complex than just like, I thought I killed you. I'm going to, kill you twice as hard now like that it's not i mean that would be if, if he were merely an antagonist an open antagonist of hers who had escaped and now she's meeting again right um as if she were just some kind of recurring recurring villain in that kind of story that would be simple right but this is not simple like that it's it's her relationship with baron is much more complicated and so, I mean, and I'm not saying we need to necessarily spell out the full complexity of that to everybody, but we do need her actions to fit the complexity of that situation. Right. right. So that's one thing that needs to be managed. But then at the same time, we have this really relatively unrelated um, thing of her. <laughs> I mean, unless we can find a way to connect the two um, uh, with, well, um, with the Well of Souls. The easiest way to connect it would be to just throw some implications around and let people make their own connections. Because as she you has say, some plot the, involving the Well of Souls that right, will lead exactly. to the... Yeah. yeah. Exactly. There's a plot with Baron. There's a plot with the Well of Souls. What is she actually going to do? Nobody knows. <laughs> but somehow they might be the same thing. See, now that's why I had considered the possibility of having her try to get him 
to the well of souls for some reason um which wouldn't even necessarily have to be fully explained um as to how that was going to help her um but i mean ghosts are scary <laughs> ask anybody mm-hmm. um so using them to um perhaps oh you know it would be what would have been really cool i don't know if we have would ever have time to make this happen or any in any way but if she dragged him out of the pit and pulled him out to the well of souls and started interrogating the souls for information about his like his mom Hmm. uh, like about his family Hmm. and 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 like like people who would know him people Mm -hmm. who were in the battle Mm -hmm. so something like that perhaps See, one of the things that I'm thinking of here is that this also, that is the idea of her in some way using the power of the Well of Souls as an instrument of solving the mystery, right? Of doing the interrogations and solving the mystery. Like forcing him to give up information, like trying to force him to give up information by interrogating somebody else. Or even like somehow using them in order to forcibly draw like telepathically force his mind like if you yeah. which you can't do right we know that you can't telepathically but she might not believe that like she might be like well because i haven't tried this yet right like and I mean, spell of bottomless dread is a thing there you go spell about him you know she's like we can do you know so anyway but the, the the point that i was going to make is if she, if there's some kind of mechanism that she has in mind this also gives her probable uh, plausible deniability with sauron right so that if Sauron finds her mucking about with the Well of Souls, she can be like, yeah, well, so here's the thing. I had this brainwave about solving the mystery, which I'm supposed to do. And so that's what I was. I was totally not trying to seize control of the necromantic power for myself in order to supplant you or anything. That's absolutely not what is going on here. This is me doing my job, which seems like the kind of thing. It's one of the things that's kind of been bugging me a little bit in the back of my mind that the whole, like, Sauron is temporarily distracted. I'm going to go and attempt to seize control of all of the necromantic power into myself is a kind of simplistic plan, which is not a horrible thing and can work well enough on screen. But but that's not very Thorin Gwethel to have a very simple plan that could be like for him to come back at any second and be like, aha, you know, and she's like, oops, you were supposed to be distracted. Like that doesn't sound like her kind of thing. Even for her to just be like, ooh, I'm just going to play in the pool while dad's out busy doing something else. Right. Right. Like, because I mean, like that could be a thing that she was doing too, but that's still yeah, it's not, it's not, where, whereas if we do, not only do we manage to integrate those two stories, the stories of her interrogation of Baron and the, the story of her tampering with a well of souls, um, which is good, uh, to, that is the integration of those two things is good. Um, but then also it makes her, she might even believe it. I mean, that is, it needn't be untrue that she is, you know, it needn't be just an excuse that she thinks that she could use it uh, for that purpose. She also thinks she could use it to, you know, supplant Sauron, but um, uh, but that's not what's important right now. At least not if Sauron catches her. 
Mm. So we we do have a moment where after she figures out who Baron is, where she pulls him out of whatever prison he was in and moves him to where Finrod is. Mm-hmm. And at that point, she confronts him, basically tells him his identity and mm-hmm. that she knows that his whole family died in Dorthonian because she was there. <laughs> um, yeah. So if we wanted to take a detour instead of having her immediately throw him back and like just pull him out of one pit and throw him in another pit it might make sense if that scene does take place of uh, let's go for our walk and we show Baron the well of souls for no good reason and make a connection there of him being scared of what that is because he did encounter ghosts in Dorthonian as an outlaw not right. ones that were controlled by Sauron, but just ghosts. Yeah. So he can he can reestablish for the audience that you don't want to go anywhere near whatever's inside that well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think I think it would be best <laughs> for us to be as vague as possible about the pot of evil, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Even to the point of like I. Even when she threatens him, like, I don't think it's I don't think she would just be using it as a as a leverage in her interrogation. Like she'd be threatening to do something to him with the necromantic power to gain some which like might not so, necessarily work. Like it might not be true. But yeah, I mean, I would the threat is all that matters. Like the witch yeah. queen's threat to Eowyn counts. The yes. fact that he didn't actually take her and fly off to Mordor and do all those things for it doesn't matter. Right. The right. implication is that he totally could have. Right. Right. And exactly. Theron Gwethel's in a position where she totally could do some crazy stuff to Baron. What's going to stop her? Right. And the answer right. is Luthien. <laughs> but, right. But Baron doesn't know that Luthien's almost there. Exactly. Um, and I would also think, you know, not speaking for the elves in the party, but for Baron himself, I don't know. I can't think that, like, Telus or a werewolf will eat you is, like, the worst threat he's ever heard at this point. I mean, we're talking about the guy who is the lone survivor of his, you know, his outlaw band. He's yeah, seen but, all of his friends But having die. been the lone survivor once, he's not super thrilled to be the lone survivor again, and that's what's about to Right. Happen. Yeah. No, I mean, so, so the, like, the trauma builds. Right. No, no, no. I see that. Um, but it's it's not just the threat of himself being eaten yeah, by being, the werewolf. Yeah. It's the psychological torture of hearing other people being eaten yeah. by the werewolf to protect his secret. Yes. Right. Like, that's the thing is that Baron feels very personally responsible for all these people being on this mission in the first place because it's his mission. It's his quest. They would, none of them would be here if he hadn't been like, hey, you guys, let's go to Angban. It's still somewhere else. Right. (laughs) Um, Right. So he's going to feel guilt every time one of them gets killed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what she's using. Like, that's why you're not just killing them all at once or saying, stand here and tell me things or I'm going to kill somebody. And, you know, there's there's space and time in between the deaths to, to drag out the, in, right. the impact. But, of course, we realize that what we're doing here is setting up a parallel scene of Thurin, Gwethel, and Baron and Sauron and Luthien. Right? As Sauron mm-hmm. is tormenting and tempting Luthien outside, mm-hmm. tempting her to despair, tempting her to um, 
uh, you know, th- we have Thorin Gwethel now. We're now positioning Thorin Gwethel with Baron in an exactly parallel and intriguingly mirror opposite sort of situation. Right. Well, she's trying to make him. Well, not she's. She's not trying because she doesn't know. But she is, in effect, making him question whether or not it was worth going on this quest in the first place. Yeah. Because yeah. here, here he's about to get a bunch of people killed again. Yes. yes. Um, and he thought the mission in Dorthonian was worth it, but they all died. And he thought the quest was worth it, but they're all dying. So, so yes, we do have that question. And obviously we can't resolve it in this episode, but we're about to have Baron and Luthien together alone for the first time since the whole quest thing happened. Yes. Because he immediately left uh, Doriath right after the audience with Thingles. So coming out of this, they're allowed to question like, hey, so what are we doing again? Like, yeah. Are well, we actually doing this quest? Are we actually getting married? Like, they you're both, cute and all, but like, how serious right. are you about this? They both need a little therapy, too, after what just happened in the previous, well, yeah. you know, in today's episode. Um and, and and talking through that stuff, yeah. It's yeah. a good thing they brought Uncle Huan along. <laughs> exactly. Who's a great listener. Um, yes, yes, agreed. Um, yeah, no, I like how that, I like how that works. I mean, again, how we're seeing in this episode, we're applying a lot of pressure to each one of them individually. And then we relieve that pressure and leave them together. But of course it's not just a, now everything's fine uh, kind right. of situation after this. Right. So yeah. So next episode will yeah. focus yeah. on both of them sorting out their relationship issues and mm-hmm. their, um, what is important in life issues. Right. 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 Exactly. Um, yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, I do. Thorin Grethel would certainly be sharp enough to see. She knows Baron must have been the sole survivor of the outlaw band, and so she would certainly be sharp enough, even knowing nothing else of his quest. Or, you know, she wouldn't really have any reason to to think that he's the purpose of the whole thing. Right. That's the piece she doesn't know. She doesn't know it's actually all about him. Right. She wouldn't know that, but she wouldn't need to in order to put that kind of, like she, you know, be like, oh, look, here you are with another group of people, all of whom are going to die. You know, who you're going to watch all of these, you know, these companions die too. Um, Right. So that uh, decision to make him last man eaten is in part. Yes. Yeah. A a way that she would uh, say to get it, to get at him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so, and her, the threat, um, I'm thinking about the threat of the well of souls worked into this as well. Um, I mean, she could just be manipulating the spirits into, like, being terrifying. Yeah. But so, okay. 
Like, that's the easiest. It's the easiest thing. Yeah. There are three things here, though. Like, there are three potential things, none of which are necessarily the same. There's what she is leading him to believe she is doing with the souls. Mm. There's what she actually wants, is trying to do with the souls. And there's what she can tell Sauron she was trying to do with the souls. Right? And none of those three things are necessarily the same. She wouldn't give Baron anything like the information she would give to Sauron. And she wouldn't tell Sauron the truth either. But again, I think that she's, I don't think she's just doing theater with the souls mm. because that's not her. She wants necromantic control. I mean, I, I, I don't totally object to the idea of her trying to make some real headway with the Well of Souls while Sauron is occupied. Like, I'm not saying yeah. she wouldn't do that. <laughs> I'm just saying I think she would have a plan for if she were discovered doing that. Right. Um, like, oh, boss, I'm totally doing what you told me to do. This but... is, yeah, this is me following orders. Uh, getting, yeah, of exactly. ferreting out the secret, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So you remember my my, my joke about, about uh, Thurin Grethel being, actually being through the Necromancer? <laughs> yes. What it might be really cool if she does something and he realizes for the first time that it's actually her that's been behind that was behind the whole thing in Dorfonian and that she is the true Thune. Baron realizes this. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be kind of interesting because like I feel like we 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 may have missed an opportunity to make through actually Thurin Wethel instead of instead of like because yes of course it, it's satisfying to give the moniker to, to Sauron right because yes. it is it's his by right it's right? his and having lots of names is cool yeah um, right and I'm I'm 100% on board with all that yeah um, but I think that we have in some ways kind of miss an opportunity to um to set up throwing Wethel as a more central protagonist um yeah no and so here's how we can recoup that exactly the way that you're saying yeah baron will have heard the name through the necromancer right right so he right. he knows this um if he has this realization, right? I, I like the idea of Baron realizing this, right? That he is here facing the one who came and um, who brought about the death, the one who's responsible for the death of his father, right? And right. all of these things. Um, and he could call her that. He could, you know, say, it's you. You are through the, you are through the necromancer. And that puts Thurin Gwethel in a really interesting position because, yes. and there, I think that creates a situation which is a really fun kind of dramatic irony where like the sort of the triad of the Baron, Thuringwethel, and the viewer are all hearing different like are all seeing different levels of things going on, right? Mm -hmm. um, where like on the one hand we know that he's wrong and it's actually Sauron who's through and it's not her, he's just mistaken. But, but at the same time he's really... not mistaken. No. Yeah, and at the same time, but then on on another level, she really wants to be through the necromancer and feels that she should be through the necromancer if Sauron hadn't stolen the power from her. Mm -hmm. um, and so we as readers will, or we as viewers will also know that it's like, and you know, 
that that he's that that like Baron <laughs> has like scored a point against her, though he has no idea, right? Right. Like he and said, also, like one thing that's gonna that's gonna really hurt her, yeah. in a sense, S- sort of. But it also brings against her the same temptation that Sauron has fallen prey to, which is the power of the well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It it brings to her that oh wait, I could. I could be the one. Yes. And certainly could help solidify. Yes. That, that that's what she's doing and why she's doing it there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so that when she puts Baron back in his cell and then goes back to the well of souls later, we can be setting that up through this conversation. Like she's considering actually taking control the way that Sauron is, which she herself has been against this whole time. Yes. He's been doing it wrong. Right. Yes. But she breaks her own code, like, right before she dies. Like, that's that makes it even more... That leads to her own death. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. 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 No, I like it. I like that a lot. Um, so, in the end, what I think she's trying to do... So, the answer of those three things, right? The thing that she's really trying to do is hijack the Will of Souls. And yes. bring its power... Break its power away from Sauron and bring it under her own control. That's what she's actually wants to do. Now, the what danger she... of this is if she do, is doing something and, and it takes away from Luthien's victory. So like, we want to avoid that. Obviously. Yeah. 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 No, I think that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm anyway. not worried about that. No, because, I'm not worried about that either. Cause she's going to die when the will of souls explodes. Yes. Right. So, like, yeah, she's going to fail, and the failure is going to lead to her own death. Yeah, but yeah, she obviously wasn't in control of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Like clearly. if she was doing something to the Well of Souls and manipulating it and doing a thing, and that's how yeah. the tower came down, then you'd be like, oh, oh it was really Therngwath all along. No, but what I mean when is... the thing blows up in her face and she dies, yeah, like that's exactly. not her. Yeah, I'm having exactly. agency. That that's that's not really what I mean. Is like. I, what I want to avoid is this idea that something Thuringwethel did made it possible for Luthien to overpower him enough to to make all those things happen. In oh, I, 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 I see what you mean. <clears throat> that her striking at the root of his power disrupts him and therefore enables right. Luthien to overcome him. I see, I see. Right. To avoid the appearance of that. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, let's think about that when we get back to Sauron and Luthien's song duel. But, um, but yeah, that 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 is a good point. Um, uh, okay, so what she's actually trying to do is hijack the Well of Souls. What she would tell Sauron she was doing was tapping into the necromantic power of the Well of Souls in order to divine the answer to the mystery, because. Divination by the dead. That's what necromancy means, right? You, you know, and so she could say that she had, you know, she had a brainwave of how to use the power of the well in order to divine that information. Maybe even, ooh, wait, hang on. We got a bunch of dead elves on our hands now, post werewolves, right? Maybe her, maybe what she could at least tell Sauron that her plan was was to capture the spirits of the dead companions of Finrod and interrogate them in the Well of Souls. Add them to his stash. Yeah, 
add the so she's she's contributing to his power and also solving the problem like she's like employee of the month not only is she not a rebel right um so that's what she tells Sauron right and what does she what does she what does she do well she doesn't get a chance to tell him no but that's what she would tell him yeah yeah yeah. and I know that scene won't actually happen but um there there is a moment before Sauron goes out to face Luthien where he gives Theron Gwethel a task okay but he doesn't spell it out because they both know what's going on so he's like all right be ready and then he goes out and the idea is supposed to be that when he taps her she does the thing that he had set up for her to do which is presumably going to help him in his confrontation with Luthien do we know what her role in the Luthien plan was no, because we kind of just made that happen. up. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't happen. Yeah. But if it was to add more souls to the well for a power boost, that would explain why she was on hand at the well at the time. But then if she doesn't really do it and she's trying to break the well to take the souls out instead of put them in, it is clearly a betrayal. So we could we could work with that. Like that could fit yeah. here. With it's tricky. What, this is all this stuff is very tricky to balance, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Um, how okay, so let's take a step back here. The scene we that we're talking about between Baron and Theron Gwethel, mm-hmm. when would that take place? Okay, so Baron and Theron Gwethel have a scene together in scene three in act one, okay? Yeah, but that's also a scene between Baron and Finrod, so we very use... surface for Baron and Finrod. It's the, oh, hey, we're here together. Okay, all right. Moment. Well, I'm just saying that we would lose the conversation between Farron, Finrod and Baron. We couldn't open a scene with a conversation, have no. a pit, and then start a new conversation. That's, right, right. Yeah. That would, that would, but it was, it was a very surface conversation. It wasn't, it was not the Aphrobeth conversation. If it's okay. just, so uh, we're not losing anything. We acknowledge right. that we're both here in prison together. There's no reason that couldn't happen at the very beginning of the, like when she hauls him out of the cell to, take them off to the well of souls right well they weren't in, they weren't in prison together at the they weren't beginning. in prison together yeah. so that was a that was a conversation at the end of the scene but that's fine i think it's more important that we see theron gwethel at the well of souls yeah at, okay in act one okay okay um okay when does she see the ring of bari here that will have happened in right? in that would be in in the scene that we're discussing uh, Evan says that he's not sure Sauron would ask her to go anywhere near the well without him present. That would be like him handing the ring off and being saying, "Here, hold this for me," which is fair. Um, it's not perhaps. exactly the same, but it's because I mean the 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 danger of the ring is that it is transferable. We don't know that the Well of Souls is readily transferable in the same way, but I mean, I agreed he would not necessarily be hugely comfortable. With uh, throwing Gwethel monkeying with it, she could. It could be her idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he like is visibly like. Yeah, actually, I kind of like that. Okay. Like, he, she, <laughs> she has an idea. It clearly involves the Well of Souls. He would really like to stay and argue about that with her, but there's totally, you know, an elf princess on his doorstep, and he's got to go. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. 
she wouldn't she, but she wouldn't give away the entire game but um her entire game i mean she wouldn't like he wouldn't be going out to fight luthien with the suspicion that Thurin Gwethel was in in there betraying him mm-hmm. you know it, it wouldn't be anything like that far it's too but, bad uh, we don't have even one named bad guy left in Tolsirian to like stop Thurngwethel in like mid like attempt to wrestle right. the realm. Thurngwethel, what are you mist. doing? Yes. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean we could have some random orc be confused. That's not that's not the same. Like Right. Like, she she commands the orcs. Right. It would because that would make some of this simpler because then you could have her Give the actively excuses. try to um, try to tap into the well of souls. Somebody interrupts her and then during that time the events that lead up to the thing blowing up happen and right, it's too late. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we don't have any named people left. We've killed them all by this point. Yeah, that was. Um, I mean, we only had four to start with, so it wasn't like we were overflowing with them. Um, Yeah, we don't even have a good orc captain that we could use. Because we've already killed Gorgol. Killed him, too. Um, But that's one of the themes of season six (laughs) killing off bad guys. (laughs) A great mortality among the villains in season six. When we get to, to, to. Our second age seasons, uh, we're going to have to be a lot more proactive in creating and making up characters. new villains. Yeah. Well, yeah. in creating original characters that are going to be there for us to use for things. It is certainly true. It is certainly true that you really cannot tell the story of the second age without making up a whole lot of new characters. Yes, That's true. Yes, uh, agreed. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I agree. Sauron is going to need. I mean, I know he'll get like you know nine more henchmen uh, along mm. the way there. Um, but um, but yes, I, I do agree that there's going to need to be... Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, okay. All right. Um, well, I'm not going to worry about it too much. I think we... I, I think... I think we talked about most of the issues that I wanted to discuss about the villains. So let's get back. I'm going backwards to the imprisonment, the B plot. Um, What is, and let's do that backwards too. Let's start with the end. How does Baron survive? The tower falls. Wait, how does the tower fall? Does the tower explode? Or does the tower collapse? Or does the tower tip over? It, what happens with the tower? Not, it does not tip over. It does not tip so, over. I think it goes down like skyscraper under demolition style. Just really? So it goes straight it's down. Like, it's going to pancake? Not, There's no reason okay. for it to pancake. All right. What, it's, what? it's a stone tower. Well, yes. But what I'm saying is that things the things fall down right yeah, okay yeah instead of exploding out yeah but right. the, the the idea the stones was, are not flung they fall off okay. they fall yeah the the idea was that um while sauron is in control of the tower there would be 
some indication that he's using the well of souls to fortify it in some way so mm-hmm. that there'd be like evil green glowy light or whatever throughout the tower and then yeah. when the well of souls is broken open and all the souls escape that light would fall away and the tower would come down right so there could be a minor explosion and then the whole thing comes down right but the whole tower doesn't like just right it would just right we don't yeah like they don't find stones from tall syrian three miles away or something like that although that would help solve a little bit of the problem of how a baron survives and b um, he could be found. He after could this. be found if the entire tower isn't on top of him directly. If a lot of it is out there somewhere. Yes, search and rescue crews coming through the ruins for three weeks. Not good theater under these circumstances. Turns out, no. Yes. Um, um, right. So yeah, we we do need Luthien to find him, which means he can't have a lot of rubble on top of him. Which is why. I kind of had been thinking explosion, and I don't mean like, you know, big ball of flames or anything like that. Um, but I was... Th- so, first of all... The tower why, takes why off not? like a rocket ship and <laughs> leaves, and... No, no, no. And, no. So and the, the, the in... Ugliets are, like, right underneath it, and he, Baron's just sitting there looking up at the sky. He is sitting <laughs> looking up at the sky. That happens! Right? Yes. right. So... so um when you want to blow up a mountain to build a road or something, you obviously set the charges and then it inside the rock and then the rocks blow out and it's very fun looking and you can make it into construction videos for small children. Right. That I've maybe seen way too many times, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) sorry, road construction ahead is a really good video. You guys. Yeah. I believe there's, there's, it's, uh, it's about building a highway in Rhode Island, but anyway, um, the idea of an underground explosion blowing out the side of a mountain, if we used that as the model for the Well of Souls in the basement when the um, pit of evil self-destructs, I mean, I don't even know what's happening to it, but right. the, so, cells, the souls have to come out, and yes. that could be... Yeah. The a, release like, from bondage, is that's the core there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there, there could They're be... Being released. A They're being released. The very power targeted. Is being yeah. Yeah. But it's under, yeah. like, I want it to be an underground explosion kind of thing, which yep. is what made me think of the um, blasting rocks. Right. Where you set the um, charges in, in the rock. Right. Yeah. So uh, a largely upward oriented explosion from a place that is situated near the level of, but not right under or on top of Baron seems to me like a pretty good way to like blow out the tower like peeling a banana and there you are staring at the stars from the oubliette afterwards whereas any other kind of collapse mere collapse is going to end up with even if you can successfully avoid making it you know seem probable that he wasn't crushed by the rubble still still like under the rubble it would be a freak happenstance that it all happened to fall somewhere whereas again like if it's if it's blowing out whereas again i don't i don't need a hollywood explosion you know like we're blowing up a building um i'm um i just realized what my default mental picture of the release of 
the Well of Souls was. And it is, is of it? course, uh, the breaking of the containment unit in Ghostbusters. Mm. That's what, ah. what my default mental image... I just realized what my default mental picture was. And that is absolutely what my default mental picture is. Mm. Um, uh, huh. Yeah. <laughs> Not saying we, I'm not advocating that as a motto. I'm just confessing that that's what I'm, because I just realized that's what was in fact in my mind. Um, okay. Um, Did we decide on a color of light for the souls? Green? I, that's the thing is like, I just said green earlier and I'm like, why did I think that? I think we said green. Okay, yeah. I, I knew that we wanted it to be weird and sickly. I, and stuff, I, I but... can tell you that I, I'm, I'm not thrilled with like there's not a there's not a great option in response but green is the army of the dead color sure but the army of dead was supposed to be gray so the idea was we were going to use gray for human souls and then something different for elven souls but i can't remember what the different thing was i just remember that gray is human souls i was just going to say just as jj's just said on twitch um pale is pale light is what tolkien always goes with on those sorts of occasions right mm-hmm. um not sure yeah. how to do that exactly effectively um it's hard for a light to be both pale and also bright which it would need to be in an explosion mm. yeah pale is kind of the whole idea of the pale bright. light is yeah that it's kind of wan and uh to yeah. use another what about favorite pink? talking word why would we well, want it to be pink? Not like hot pink, but like just a a pink rose. Yeah. So that it's something a little different. It's. I think that's a little too different. It would be cute, yeah. wouldn't it? Be cute. We wouldn't want the well of yeah. the pot of evil to be cute. I don't know. I think there's a Stephen King book called Rose Matter. I have no idea what it's about, but I'm pretty sure I saw the cover once. And in Stephen King, he probably doesn't make it cute, but... Probably. Um, That's my guess here. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah. pretty sure. I have no idea what I'm talking about there. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, hang on. We'll come back to the color. So, okay. back to the explosion. But explosion. We can have <laughs> an explosion. Okay, so the, well of soul, the power of the well of souls is broken. And when the power mm-hmm. of the well of souls is broken, all of the souls are themselves released, and the p- power which had been harnessed from them is released all at once. So qua sudden release of power, an explosion of some sort seems indicated to me. The fact sure. that Baron ends up lying in his oubliette looking up at the stars would seem to support that idea if we want to keep that. And certainly we want to have a relatively efficient reunion with Luthien. And so that would seem indicated for that reason as well. Would seem desirable for that for that reason as well. So, an outward right, so like explosion, boiler, boiler explosion, or uh-huh. um, detonation charges type of explosion, not a like atom bomb went off kind of explosion. No, no mushroom okay. cloud. Um, no what mushroom is cloud. Is that the cover of the book? Yeah, <laughs> I do not remember it looking like that. But now I know why it stuck in my mind. It's definitely not cute. There's there's other covers of it, but I, okay. I don't think this is the original one. Okay. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Uh, but I think it would still be cute. I'm not saying that. This is that... definitely a more neon pink than I was thinking yeah. of. Just yeah. throwing yeah. that out there. Yeah. I figured. <laughs> um, 
Okay, okay. Um, because now we're yeah. going to discuss lightsaber colors at the, at the next step, because that's where we go right. from here is lightsaber yeah. colors. I was hoping to avoid lightsaber colors, but okay, hang on. All right, so the tower blows up, falls outward vaguely. My banana image before is that like the tower's not tipping over, but if the well is in the middle of the bottom the of the tower, sides of it, yeah, and it just like blows straight up into the sky, such that we can see from the outside, Luthien sees. In fact, uh, so it's not exactly a mushroom cloud, but it's the it's the souls escaping, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the now hollowish tower, right? It just kind of collapses, but it collapses outward, not down or inward. So that again, there's Baron, who is ironically, this is an explosion that you actually want to be near ground zero of because it doesn't explode where it just blasts up and it's not even just a blast, right? I mean, it's not like it's just a purely physical it's escaping explosion. energy and you don't want to be in its path. And you don't yeah. want to be in its path. Exactly. So if That's, he's in his little oubliette, he's not in the he's path. He's going to go, well, is he, he not? Because if he's above well, it, he's going to go up and then He's down. not above it. That's the whole point is that yeah. the, the the grain storage is under a certain level, right? You've uh-huh. got your you've got your passageway across it, right? Okay. Obviously, Thuringwethel has got to take him to the Well of Souls. She's going to stay on the same level. They're not going to go yeah. up or down yeah. to get to the Well of Souls. Then when she brings him back and puts him down into an oubliette, when it blows up, it's not gonna get him. Yeah, he's not like he's like sitting next to the monster laser that's firing off, basically. Which is so long as the laser apparatus right. itself does so, not and explode. What color, and what color is the giant laser <laughs> that is going off? Because I'm pretty sure we're back to Star Wars references again. Okay. So hang on. It's not a laser. It's a little light bulb that blinks. I have an idea Nick, I've got an idea. Okay. Let's let's Let's. Why not both? Why not both? Why not have the light change color when the souls are released? Uh huh. So yeah. that okay. when yeah. they are encased in the well, when it's a pot of evil, it's a sickly, horrid-looking color, which is why I think we were all kind of thinking okay. a sickly green. And then they're released, and now we're a beautiful rose pink uh, light as we go off into the atmosphere and that's uh because now they're free this is not this sunset. is not sound sunset there we go yeah and then they um sunset mushroom cloud then they Yay. redshift as they, as they <laughs> exactly except it's not a cloud no i mean there might okay. be a certain amount of debris but um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um yeah yeah um maybe maybe um, I feel better about that. Okay. Okay. All right. That's good. Like, what? I, like I don't like the idea of Sauron being defeated by a group of green amorphous ghosts. Hear ya. I hear you. Yeah. Yep. Now I, I, the avoidance of the echo, especially of the echo of a one of the visual effects in the Jackson films that was less effective. Um the green scrubbing bubbles at the Battle of Pelennor Field um, was not the, the greatest. No. Um, that's not the one, Nick. <laughs> that's not quite the one. Um, 
Yeah. But, yeah. But I do like, but we, we talked about this when we first talked about this, um, this idea that when they go up into the, into the air, you know, how Sauron's spirit kind of looks longingly to the West yes. and then yes. it gets pushed off to the East. Well, they kind of like swing towards the West and they're accepted. Right. 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 Um, so, so it's not a mushroom in the sense that the cloud does not go out in all yes, directions. Yes. No, no, no. The cloud this is not this is not obeying <laughs> normal laws of physics. These these are spiritual no. beings yeah, that are these escaping. Are souls. Yeah, like you're not yeah. supposed to be able to see them at all. Exactly. Um, which is why it's going to be interesting to try to convey uh, Theron Gwethel capturing and tethering the souls of the elves who are being killed by the werewolves. Like, are we going to see that? Or are we going to continue to not see it? We saw it before. But, we did. Um, so do we see it now? So you can show up to the Well of Souls with like one, and it's a face that we recognize as one of the one of the party members. It doesn't have to be somebody who even had a speaking role. No, it we, could we be. Had... Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. We, we have no further shown... use for the, yeah. the, the, those uh, guys that we met. Inglore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. we've shown we've shown Sauron carrying around a soul like a balloon on a string, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Theron Gwethel could be collecting um, elf souls throughout this episode. Could um, she reveal that of, to Baron? Could that be what she does with? Baron? Yeah, because maybe he can't see them or something. I don't know. But she could show but, him. Like she could, yeah, like, somehow lift make the veil it visible to him. Eyes and, yeah. Yeah, 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 that um, that might. He could him. be threatening to do it to him, mm-hmm. but of he's course, human though. Yes, but she, he, he doesn't, doesn't know that. Well, he knows that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, but he wouldn't know what she can except, and can't do. Except, with yes. except, she didn't seem to have been able to do it to Gorlam. Right. So, but she doesn't know the that Gorlam talked to Baron. Yeah, exactly. Right? Or that, right? That she tried. You know, like maybe. Gorlam didn't tell Baron to the look. He could give that his back talk, right? Um, right. He doesn't know that she was there. I mean, no, he figures it out. No, but that's like, what I mean when she figures it out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 Right. So we want um, all of that to happen in scene three? That's a lot oh, of yeah. scene three. No, that's fine. <laughs> okay, it's going to be a nice long scene three. <laughs> so, <laughs> Ah, sorry. I'm just savoring the life of an executive producer where I can just be like, yeah, exactly. You guys can figure that out. Um, it's a very dramatic scene to be happening three scenes into the episode. I'm here to tell you. It is. Um, it is. So he sees her. She shows him that she can harness and torture. That, that he can that she can harness and torture souls. Right. right. Um, I don't even need you to talk before you die. Right. Um, uh, (gasps) It would be a true, like, resistance is futile moment from her, right? Okay, okay. All right, hang on a second. What if she actually got the got the quest? So what if she does solve the mystery? Right. Before the end? Right. Now he gives her he gives her something else to distract her so she doesn't go flying off to Angban ahead of him, right? And it winds up. Well that up would happen much later. Like we can't do that in scene three. Yeah. We could do it 
Um, We'd have to give them another conversation. No, I don't okay. think... Because at the end of the day, <laughs> the actual truth, like his real quest and what he's going to do, has nothing to do with Owen Gwethel. Like, that's like not connected to her story at all, right? I mean, it is in the sense that she's been assigned to figure out this information. But it doesn't have any relevance to her. And so, like, I think it that feels like an irrelevant part as far as her story is concerned. Mm. The fact that she wants the information is part of her story. But the actual story, like, I'm headed to Angband to, to Nava Silmaril. Um, I mean, that's interesting intel. But apart from that, it doesn't, it's not really... It doesn't feel like part of her story, if you see what I mean. And mm-hmm. and once he turns her on to the idea of wanting to wrest control of the well itself, yeah, right. So the scene, the scene in um, when it starts with uh, Thorngwethel sees that uh, Sauron is distracted with Luthien, so he goes, she mm-hmm. goes to um, to steal from the well of souls but no she's not actually going to steal from the well of souls now she's like this is my chance Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right and while she's doing it it blows up right in her face Mm -hmm. which is essentially which is essentially it's not a change of the scene itself it's just a change in the motivation right yeah so she is stuck on because now she has a piece of information that she can use to gain, to create favor with Morgoth, which is great, mm-hmm. but it's not as great as being great. Right, but she would have already had that plan, wouldn't she? Or the desire, in any way, to master the well? Yeah, of souls, I mean. not, but not to master it, not to do it the way that Sauron is doing it now. Right, but. I guess it's going to be difficult to convey some of this in a scene where Theron Grethel doesn't talk to anyone and is just doing things. Like I the scene, because we do have a whole scene with just Theron Grethel goes into the basement with the Well of Souls. That's, we can do this a lot is with that. Scene. All why I I was originally thinking that we had to put Baron in the room in where the Well of Souls is. Go ahead, don't, I know. Don't, don't villains don't. get monologues anymore? Come on, yeah, this is what it's for. Monologue to someone? <laughs> no, you she don't. Can talk to the, she can she, talk to There the are people right there. In the well. Dozens mm. of them. <laughs> Especially if she's now collected all the dead elves. Yeah. There you okay. go. I mean, Finrod she could, at this point. She could be talking to Ingwar. Yeah. She, I, <laughs> she's briefing Ingwar. Yeah. She did not. Oh, Finrod's dead. Finrod. Yeah. There's no yeah. way. There's no way she got. She. That Finrod was like, yeah, no, thank you, Mandos. I'll stay over here. Of course he didn't say that. But if she grabs his soul before it can go anywhere, it's not going anywhere. That was the whole point. That's actually really fun. I like it. I like it. And so in the end... The the collection of dead souls is not like in Stardust with the dead brothers. Right. Um... Okay. Uh, yes. Sorry, I'm I, just playing it out like the full like she has Finrod's soul, and yeah. she has like she hasn't jammed him in the well yet. But mm-hmm. she could. Oh, she could be talking to Finrod. Talking to Finrod. To dead Finrod. She's talking to Finrod's spirit, and that's when it 
it blows up. Like so, Finrod is basically so, so Luthien basically we, saves Finrod. Right. We now give Finrod a role to play in the destruction of his own tower. Yeah, and also. I the one thing I do like about that, like it still gives me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. But it, and one thing I do like about it is that it means that Finrod is still part of the story of the episode, instead mm-hmm. of we lose him, like relatively early on. Um, he dies in scene eleven. Yeah, but that's but that's still Act Three. Like it, yeah, yeah, right. And it doesn't undermine uh, the like. Obviously, we don't want to mess with his farewell to Baron, right? Um, right? Like that needs to be the end of the, but bringing him back and involving him in the conversation with Thurin Gwethel and then releasing him um, is um, He shouldn't say much. No. No, he needn't say much. Though he could defy her. Um, he wouldn't have to say much so long as what he did say was awesome. <laughs> Get in. That's, that's all. No. No. There you go. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Um, Slightly. More. I'd rather die. Oh. <laughs> you can't make me. Um, but maybe she can. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So the. Evan, if, that if is we uncalled need... for. Yes. If, if we need someone for Thurman Brother to talk to now. so she can explain some of these levels of things. Of what she's trying to do and what she thinks she can get away with and all that. Finrod's yeah, dead soul is possible. We do have an interlocutor available for her. You can't kill me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, look, this is Finrod, right? Yeah. I mean, Finrod can 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 drop some uh, some some theology on her, some, right? Like, yeah, some yeah you know, no, no, this is not um, this is not going to pan out for you. I mean, he can even warn her. Right. Um, like what you are trying to do is uh, like this, this, you know, this like will these not aren't work. This restless spirits of the yes. dead that you found on a lonely battlefield. Right. These are spirits whose home is waiting for them as we speak. Mm-hmm. And they will not forever you you will not be able forever to keep them yeah. away. Right. Basically, he can tell her that she's not going to be able to countermand and go against the will of Mandos and all of this. Yeah, yeah. And He could recognize her as the spirit of Mandos. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. even if he doesn't know that, he heard the doom of Mandos. He knows what his fate is right now. He yeah. knows where he's headed. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with his will of souls in this pit of evil. He's, he's right. not going to be part of that. But he was born in Valinor. He's met yeah. Mandos. He's yeah. met, you know, he's 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 met the 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 the, the Meyer yeah. of Mandos. Once he's once he's a spirit mm. and he can see her for who she is. <gasps> right. Okay. Right. So he would recognize her under yes. this circumstance. Yes. Okay. Yes. Whereas Gorlam didn't. No. Right. Like the audience did when yeah. they saw Theron Gwetha, like, oh, it's okay. Yeah. But Gorlam oh, didn't know what he was a looking reaper. at. Reaper. Yeah. Right. right. Basically. So, but Finrod would be like, oh, okay. I see who you right. are and you're doing your job wrong. <laughs> right, right. You're, and and like what you're doing is, is, I mean, again, he could, he could, I mean. The whole, you're not going to get away with this. Yeah. You're, you're not going to away with, he, 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 he even expressed pity towards her. Yes. Like, like this is not how the world works. And yeah. This, this um, I mean, come back them standing you. by the well of souls and Finrod 
looking and speaking to her with pity um, for this, you know, ultimately useless and self-destructive thing that she's attempting to do. Um, and then the well blows up, you know, <laughs> killing her on the spot um, as just as he foreboded uh, in his speech. Yeah. That works. That works. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like it. It's this, it's bold. This, yeah, <laughs> it's it, bold. This, this episode got this very crazy episode just got a little <laughs> lot crazier. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, See, yeah. Nick, this is what happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I could. But, little, why don't we just do the broad strokes and say, here, Corey. <laughs> little posthumous, you know, a little posthumous appearance from Finron. I, I'm fine with characters showing no? up after they're dead. That's fine. No one's, no one's going to complain about more Finrod. Come on. Right? Yeah, we, we're just like squeezing the last drop out of Finrod's character uh, here. Have you. <laughs> Been on the internet over the past year, Dave. Oh, people okay. will definitely complain about more Finrod. Well, if you do them wrong, sure. If you have a terrible Finrod, nobody wants them. Is the signum used Twitch channel? We don't do that here. Um, what call things wrong like that? I, yeah. I'm, anyway, I'm, it's all good. It's all good. I, I'm just saying, there's a reason people are mad on the internet about that version of Finrod. Don't make him terrible, then people won't be mad. Oh. Don't even get me started about what the internet would have been saying in 2001. Anyway, the point uh, is, well. let's um, let's uh, uh, let's let's continue to go backwards. So we did the explosion. We did the tower. We did how it doesn't kill Baron and how Luthien finds him. We did now. Oh yeah. We're back to Finrod's actual death um, and love the idea of the Athrobeth thing. That seems like the perfect way to take Finrod out is mm-hmm. with having, especially with the, if I, if I was reading it properly, he has an actual change of heart. Like his, his like plan A when talking to Baron is he's like, oh man, it's like Andreth all over again, right? Like yeah. I have to, why is it always me who has to be sitting here counseling a mortal in love with an elf saying, I'm sorry, man, it's just not going to work out like this. I've had this conversation again. Now I have to have this conversation again, right? So he's he starts like, out that oh, way. I was wrong. Right. And then he's like, actually, wait, hang on. Um, and what is it that makes him that makes him change his mind? It makes him think like, wait a second, maybe maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the time. Maybe this is what Doom is in fact bringing through. I think it's the. I think it's because the the old hope. Yeah, that, that's what Baron was talking about. So the old hope. Yeah, the basically this is both of them trying to distill down to what's most important like there's no mm-hmm. reason to not be honest when you've sure. got minutes to live right like right. why wouldn't you just say what's actually on your mind and baron has never really the true meaning of christmas given any <clears throat> vocalization towards the whole trust in the old hope like it's come up before but we've never uh-huh. heard baron's point of view on it right and um, like, you know, Andreth talked about it, obviously. Andreth and, talked about it, yeah. And I think the most we had Baron say earlier was that his father had believed in it. So he didn't really have to 
specify whether it meant anything to him personally. Yeah. But at this point, and it know, may like, not have at the time. Right. But now he's dying and it's, his life is over. So better figure it out. And he, he does express to Finrod that, okay, sure. My life ends now, but <clears throat> what happens to me is not the whole story here. And there is a hope that my people have that I also share. And I can share that hope, even if I'm not around to see it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So Baron's having that like end of life realization mm-hmm. conversation, and in the midst of all that, Finrod's like, "Oh, but wait! If your story doesn't end right now, you could actually have a role in having that old hope be real because you want to marry Luthien, and that does change things now, doesn't it?" And Finrod kind of puts it together, right, okay. and realizes that. That they need to break the universe. The reason it could never happen between an elf and a human is because there's no, like, grand fate to make it work worthwhile. But the old hope, that's the kind of thing that is big enough to make something like this worthwhile. Yeah. And and that's where he's realizing late. Like, if there was any <clears throat> elf ever, it would be Luthien, wouldn't it? And then he's like, right. wait, Luthien actually does like you, so maybe so- you need to survive this. This means, of course, we have to pay off the old hope thing yeah, I know. in episode like 11 and 12. Uh, 13, but... Right. Yeah, so what we're going to do is when Luthien becomes mortal, it's with the understanding that she's giving something up and gaining something, and what she's gaining is the possibility to have a family. Yes, yes. So that's where we put to the the future of Luthien's line as something right. that came out of Finrod's death here. No, um, Dylan. Uh, he, Dylan is saying that uh, he recalls writing that Baron referred to it as his father's hope. His father's hope. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I said specifically that Baron hadn't spoken of it as his own. Yeah, Barry Hears. Yeah, Which right. Is good. And, that's and fine. That's just, yeah. yeah, no, that's we're we're not saying that he a expressed that it was his hope at the time, or that he even that he even himself believed it at the mm-hmm. time. Like, he's lived some things since then. Yes. So, yeah. This is meant to be a new revelation in this moment. Right. The audience shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, Baron, the old hope. Yeah, that's his thing. Right. Like, that that's not what's happening here. Right. This is, the, this is him doing the, yeah. like, now I'm dying and my father already died, so I think what my father thought was right kind of thing because we both died i don't know like (laughs) right okay okay um and i think it's because finrod knows that for an elf who's dying his hope is that he'll keep all his memories with him mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. his spirit will live on and he's not like dying dying he's just you know sort of kind of dying and that's different. Like if a mortal dies, it's over. And I think that that's part of what's going on in Finrod's mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So back to Luthien and Sauron then. Um, Luthien is approaching the tower. And Sauron is 
going to engage with her are they both immediately engaging in song battle again well they have to so she's already singing as she approaches right right so she's like already in it um when so so when sauron engages her is during the the final werewolf fight actually if i recall yeah c12 mm -hmm. yep he we get that that double voice sound come in uh, and th uh there he is you know singing so he he takes her into hammer space right we talked about this um where he um <clears throat> kind of cuts her off from the real world either they're in a pocket dimension or he's stopped time locally or like in some way they are isolated from the and rest of the world like being in this sort of alternate reality state is something we saw in the last episode with the song <clears throat> battle anyway right, so we're right. not going to see yeah this is more empty i would say well, and it, it, that, that kind of works for me because, like, we, we were playing with the, like, oh, and we're kind of disorienting the viewer as well. Like, the viewer doesn't know what's real and what's the song. Like, we already played that game in the last episode. We don't need to do that again. So just right. having a, a kind mm -hmm. of, like, this is a clear, we're in. And here, what's real is what they, what they want it to be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Or what Sour wants it to be anyway. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Okay, that works. And so, so, how do we have their their fight going down? Okay, so they he traps her and cuts off her her voice um, okay. temporarily. And what I'd like to see is for his his attempt to cut her off be effective okay so it works mm -hmm. but she's not concerned she's like confused a little bit like how did that happen mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. i mean like like just working her mind in working in her mind how to already working in her mind how to circumvent it right so that it's not like out of nowhere when she's able to <clears throat> to get by it mm -hmm. um he mocks her for her failure to save Finrod. Um, that seems a little or barren. <laughs> or barren. Yeah, right. of course. Or barren. Well, and wrong. Like, that's not why she's here. And then right. she, he brings up Baron. He brings up the human. And Luthien, that gets a reaction from her. Right. And so now he knows, oh. It's like oh. that, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay, all right. And then right. he goes into the whole, you know... Like, you know. Arwen thing. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, they, he threatens her because he, he... Somewhere in his mind, he's got to be like, okay, how do I use this person? Mm -hmm. Like, because killing her isn't can't be on the menu mm -hmm. like that's not if he if that was it he would have done something a little bit more drastic when he came out i imagine um did you have something where 
No, I'm just trying to figure out what his goal is for her. Cause That's what I was just going to ask. I was yeah. assuming it would be to capture her <clears throat> right. and deliver her to Morgoth because mm. then you get more brownie points with the boss. Yeah, but, think. I think. But he's getting kind of megalomaniacal, right? Yeah, and so, so that's the question is what would he personally do with her? Replace, my, my... His, replace his other female uh, companion who is not being She's as great. Yeah. As, yeah. as useful well, anymore. And but do you really about... think you're gonna get Luthien on your side if you're Sauron? With enough time, maybe. And I mean, that, this is like Kelligorm all over again. Right, but it's not the. It's it's a different kind of. Give her enough time locked in the dungeon, she'll totally no, no, come around. It's yeah, very but much it's the not, same plan. Yeah, but it's. It, but it, he <laughs> thinks that he can outwit her and manipulate her. That's not what Kelgorm's goal was. No, I think Corifin's, no. but so casting our minds back, mm-hmm. Sauron was the one who came up with this super secret necromantic orc project. Correct. Way back when, right? Mm-hmm. Um, his plan being to capture elves and convert them into worshippers of his. Right. Of Morgoth. Worshippers of Morgoth. Well, mm-hmm. theoretically, you know, yes. Yes. Um, Morgoth, of course. Morgoth, who wasn't there at the time. Who wasn't there at the time, and so who else you can answer to in the meantime? Right. Yes. Morgoth. Exactly. Well, of course, Morgoth. Yeah, yes. Morgoth, naturally. Um, so, <laughs> who else would it be? Who, exactly. There's no other candidates. So um, <laughs> this is so same guy. He now has a reservoir of necromantic power mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. He's captured another elf, like not just like one of the elves that he's currently feeding to the wolves, because that she's the real deal, right? Right. His power has grown since those early days of experimentation, right? Mm-hmm. And again, he now has this resource. She is got to be, in his eyes, right? Tremendous raw material. Yes. Like, what could he do if he got mastery of her and could yeah. work upon her in some man- like using his newfound necromantic power? If he could enslave her, yeah. um, and again, enslaving the <clears throat> wills of the elves to serve him is kind of Sauron's bag I all the say, way through. That, no argument here. That fits yeah. his character yeah. very yeah. well. And, and Evan suggests he thinks he's so juiced up that he never even considers that he wouldn't be able to dominate her. He, he approaches the whole interaction with swagger and arrogance and talks. And yeah, like I would say it would never even occur to him to think that he could not overpower her. I would maybe qualify not today, that. maybe not yeah. tomorrow. Exactly. That's how that's how I would qualify it. I don't think he necessarily. It's way too soon. We got a long. We're playing the long, long game yes, with yes. his arc and his decline, right? Yeah. Um, the the time will come when he might think he is so all powerful that nobody could possibly not even Luthien stand against oh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're not there yet, right? So he can't be that. He can be confident. He can believe that he can a capture her, b dominate her, and then c somehow convert her, put the spell of reasonably deep dread <laughs> upon her, and you know whatever it is that he does, right? Yeah. But um, but it, but but it, 
yeah. wins. He, he, he believes that he's eventually going to win, but he's not going to be walking out like, who are you that I'm going to oh, like no, 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 brush no. off my, you know, yeah, like it's, um, he would, Remember, I think that he, he would, he, he would, he would yeah, definitely be, swat the fly if, if that were the case. So, yes, right. exactly. He he would swat the fly. Um, but nevertheless, he knows this is going to be, this is going to be, so actually, yeah, Murray, that's a, actually a perfectly fine model. What does he? What does he want to do? He wants to trap the fly and take the sting, right? That's mm-hmm. his mo uh, right. under circumstances like this. Um, so, yeah, so, and yeah. then he, like, he starts threatening her with, you know, like, well, if you won't serve me now, then you'll serve me. Is serve me when you're dead, just like the you know, the souls in, in the tower and and blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, as soon as he says that, she realizes what the key is. Okay. Right? And so she stops singing, a, and so she stops trying to sing a song against him, and he sing, she sings a song in support of the elves in the tower because she doesn't destroy what she hates. She protects what she what loves. What she loves. There you go. Right. 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 And, and she realizes, oh, wait, the whole theme of this season is release from bondage. From bondage. So, yeah, we've got to set people free from prison is the key. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And... And she's slightly more successful than Finrod was when he sang about prisoners escaping. Yes, yes. Right. Right, and, and by but, slightly more kaboom, <laughs> kaboom more. But and, again, but, he she's going at it differently than she he knows does. what actually needs to escape here. Right, yeah, because he yeah. gives her the keys to the tower. Okay, that's just where I was building up to, but I also I just wanted to remember to point out a dude who already has Finrod Felagund in an oubliette downstairs. <laughs> Has some reason to be confident, even going up against Lithian, yes. right? And I mean, Finrod's a big like deal. It, and while there has been, he has directly confronted Lithian before. He's aware that she's powerful. Yeah, this is orders of magnitude beyond what she did. Yeah, at she hasn't the, cut loose like the, this. Yeah, this is right. So, like the. In, in the Justice League cartoon, one of the <laughs> final episodes, right? Superman gives this very famous speech where he tells um, Darkseid, he's, he's like, I have a different problem. I feel like I live in a world made of cardboard. I'm always afraid to, you know, to mm-hmm. express his full power because he's afraid he's going to hurt somebody or, or kill somebody. I can never lose control even for a moment because someone could die. But you can take it, can't you, big man? And that's <laughs> essentially what's happened here. That this is a rare opportunity for Luthien to cut loose and show right. him just how powerful she really is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. This thing is she she wasn't able <clears throat> to do any like. And now I will escape from the treehouse because, like, she didn't want to hurt the tree. Right, and, right. Like, and now I will, like, bust out of Nargathron because, like, well, no, I might, no, like, I'm hurt another elf. Chat with Huan. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. like, Sauron coming after her and being like, ha, 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 my evil plan. She's like, you ain't can hit. <laughs> right. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So let's go back to the – and this is, I think, my last issue, but that might turn out to be untrue. Um the key to the tower. Um, so, cause that was for me, 
one of the most noticeable shifts from the trajectory of the story in the text. I mean, obviously we've made lots of, you know, circumstantial changes. Um, but as far as the, the whole, the, like the nature and trajectory of their fight. Now, of course it's Huan's fight with Sauron in the book. So we're, but even that, that we, we still take that because yeah, Wong, cause he, she, he pounces. On she it, right? basically breaks, she ba- breaks out of hammer space he, mm-hmm. um, and while Sauron is like desperately trying to figure out how to stop her, yeah, who on attacks him physically, right? Right, um, yeah, okay, so but of course, the point is about the giving up the key of the tower, yeah. Um, in the book, she is holding an only slightly metaphorical knife to his throat hangs in his throat, right? Um, And is saying, I will tell my dog uh, to crush you unless you give me the keys to your tower. And he voluntarily, willingly gives her the keys to the tower, which, Mm -hmm. of course, the text is extremely unclear about what exactly that means, right? Um, The giving of the keys to the tower. But anyway. um, uh, And why she needs them if she goes ahead and just destroys it. Right. So the implication um, seems to be that the keys of tower, the keys to the tower are some sort of secret, a secret thing, thing. which facilitates the destruction of the tower. Like it is, it is, it is not merely by the, like in the book. I think, I think if I'm understanding the whole key to the tower thing, she doesn't just unleash her power and blow the tower up. Right. Right. It is the, invocation of the key to the tower, whatever that is, and exactly whatever it is that that means, that enables her... her, user's manual. Yeah, to open... The result of it is she's literally opening up the tower, as with a key, and there's Baron looking at the stars, right, uh, from the basement. Um, So, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm... My issue is not with the question of the key itself. So in the outline, you guys were basically implying that essentially the key to the tower is her figuring out his secret, like the secret that he's got the, yes. the, the, the pot of evil. Which and that if she her. Right. Yeah. And if she can... The, the big change was he doesn't do it willingly. Like she doesn't yeah, force does. him to give it up willingly. Does well, he? she doesn't force him. Because right. if he for, if she forces him, then he's not giving it willingly. He well, actually okay, gives no, it by up willingly, more willingly. Sorry, you're right. I should, I should. I should. Well, so willingly in, in the, the sense of like somebody who gets married with a shotgun to their head is getting married willingly. Uh, but um, but no, I, I mean like he, she forces it out of him, in, and he gives the, it up. He chooses to give it up. Confrontation. Yes. Yeah. Is that. She wins the fight. She wins the fight. Well, Huan wins the fight, but yeah, the yeah, fight is exactly. won. The fight is won. Yes. She says, give me the keys. And he's like, well, I have no choice now. Here's the keys. Yes. If, even if it's more of a, oh, you mean this gate key kind of situation. <laughs> and, right. Right. Um, that's what happens. Whereas the way we've done it, it's more of a, she needed information. And in all of his talk, he gave away the key piece of information. Kind of like the whole barrel even thing. Even more freely. Even more freely, admittedly. But it's, it's like the Bilbo was 
trying to be clever talking to Smaug and gave away a little too much info. Right. Right. And I think it was like, oh, I didn't mean to tell him that. Yeah. The key. Okay. I probably shouldn't use that particular metaphor under these circumstances. The pivotal thing that I was pointing to really is not of his willingness, but his like knowingly he, 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 he is surrendering his tower to her and then running away in the book. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, like the fight is lost. He knowingly surrenders his tower and his power to her and then flees in the book. And so we are, so that the, the shift, it feels, I'm not saying I totally like that. I dislike the shift, but I just want to make sure that we're thinking carefully about the yes. effect of this change that she's instead like he betrays unknowingly or accidentally the secret, which turns out to be the key in more than one sense. Right. Um, and so there is not. So what has not ha- he's been beaten, but he has not capitulated, which he does in the book. Yes. Um, yeah. So. One, there, there are two things. One is I wanted to avoid a situation where we slowed down the action to have the conversation, to have some sort of interaction, and then went forward because it seemed perfectly obvious that the key, the key was not a physical object, yes. but yes. how to do the thing. Yes, right? how to do the thing. Agreed. And what this allowed us to do was to make it a continuous part of the action. Mm-hmm. Okay, where mm-hmm. we don't we did we doesn't break our stride at all because we were already on a roller coaster ride through this episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, as far as our ups and downs here. Even before um, we added dead Finrod conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also speaking of villain soliloquies, we do have an opportunity after everything for Sauron to have a scene where he reflects on the fact that he lost his tower and all his lieutenants and he failed. Like this is a major moment for him. So rather than just have it be, well, who I got you by the neck. So you lost and you gave up now. Right. Like we have his reaction to that loss. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's better. It's different. It is definitely different. Right. But Um, it is, this is to me, this is the big the biggest consequence of this is where we leave Sauron afterwards. And I kind of suspect, not only do I not hate the suggestion that you guys have made, I think I like better where it leaves us because the, if he does capitulate as he does in the book, even under duress, um, that leaves him at a lower point than I think we perhaps want him to be yet at this point in the overall three age trajectory of Sauron's character. Um, It is way too late to talk about the question. Where do exactly we want Sauron to be and where precisely does he go from here? Um, Uh, He goes East. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. Problem solved. Um, Glad I could And stands looking at, looking at the mountains with a, smoldering look in his eye. Right. The problem no, no, is... Not the mountains. The pro- He's on the other side no, of the mountain. No, just, he goes, I know, I know yeah, what I, you're talking about, and I'm saying no. <laughs> anyway, the point is, um, I would like to... Like, I'm trying to convince myself that this is really a 
season seven question. It's Except it's not because it's real. It is, but we we need to know we where we're know pushing him at the end of this. We have to at the set end it of up. this. Yeah, we have yeah. to set it up in that it's scene at the end of this episode. Thirteen question. Is it? We're coming back yeah. to Sauron. We're he comes back after this. A shot. A shot. Yeah. The him looking at the mountains thing. Will the him looking at the mountains. Thirteen. Shot. Not yeah, in this yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah. In yeah, this yeah. episode, he's a little too devastated to have a plan. Yes. Because everything just came crashing down around his ears. Yeah. And yeah, he, he's not recuperating from that. Like he needs a minute. Yeah. So, so this um, is, so we do give him a chance to take a minute <laughs> to just be like, okay. So then real quick, I was then, doing a thing and right. it's all gone. So what is his, describe his response. Is he primarily angry, bereaved, frustrated is he mad what's his opinion of himself does he blame himself is he like i feel like he's been done wrong like what what is his like what is his immediate emotional reaction somewhere in there like mystified yeah if i were him i'd be mystified like what just happened what just happened here i had everything in my hand yes what on earth yes yes um I think there's going to be at least some sense of focusing on Theron Grethel's betrayal to avoid focusing on his own failure. Okay. Um, It's a lot easier to focus on what someone else did wrong to you. Right. He comes across Theron Grethel's corpse and scapegoat, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anger. Anger anger channeled at Theron Grethel, which is, like, really partially anger at himself, but he's displacing, right? Right. Probably. Right. The thing is, I don't think he's processed any of this yet. I don't think he's dealt right. with it. Right. And he is a villain. He's going to make choices that headed in a certain direction that's not a, I have learned from my mistakes and I will do better next time. Right. Who is it who feels shame and the anger of the shame? Is that is that Morgoth? No. Probably. Who is it? That's a Tolkien phrase, but I can't remember I know. which character just... it was about. <laughs> uh Shame and the anger of the shame. The only Valor who knows fear is Morgoth, so I feel like it's him. Yeah, but I can't. The... Honestly, you know who it could be is Mithros when they fail to get the Simrils from the. No, I don't think it's not. so. It's not. It's not. Yeah, are you? You think that there would be a quote about Mithros that Marie doesn't have at the tip of her finger? That's that's fair. I don't know what I was thinking. That was that was insane on the face. Of it. Anyway, I, I, I can't like, remember who it is. It's not that Nick. If anybody, we'll see if we'll see if uh, if yeah. JJ is still with us. He's probably searching his e-books to try to find that, that would be a phrase. Helpful, yeah. Anger of the shame is the phrase I'd be searching for, but um. Anyway, um, who is that? I think it might be Morgoth. It's. I have no memory of this place. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I hate it, it when it, I can't it, peg a quotation. Yeah, because I'm like, is this War of Wrath stuff or is this? Uh, if I could figure out the context, I think, I think it's I earlier. Get it. I think it's yeah. Earlier. It's like I don't think it's War of Wrath. I think it's. It could be. Is this Chaining? published? Is it published Silmarillion or is it? I think it's published uh, Silmarillion. God, it doesn't ring a bell. It's it's yeah. it's, it's it's published Silmarillion because I can hear it in Martin Shaw's voice in my head. Oh, um, well, so that, it's published that's... Silmarillion. Um, 
Morgoth taken in chains to Valinor is my is my vote. Uh, driven by anger and the shame of his humiliation, I don't think that's the line that I have that I had and in you, mind. No, because that's Aeol. Yeah, that's Aeol. But that's not uh, the okay. that that was that's close. That is close. But that's not the one that I had in mind. Um, it's in the Ainu Lindale. Ah, okay. There we go. It's, it's, it's one of the two ends. <laughs> there we go. The Ainu Lindale. Very good. Yes. Um, right after the music, then. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there it is. Okay. Right. And Melkor was filled with shame of which came secret anger. That's the line Ooh, I was thinking. There you of. go. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Right. So that's, I, that's, that's his immediate response to Iluvatar's speech at the end of the music. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, yeah. I feel like Sauron would be having a similar moment here where yes. he was not expecting to lose. And he feels Certainly shame. not this badly. So yes. the shame is very clear. Shame is very and clear. rather than trying to do something with that, anger. Yeah, He's, so he funnels that into anger. And then right. there's a target. At, there's Gretel Gretel for Gretel. betraying and mad at yeah. Luthien for just yeah. being Luthien. Yeah. Mad at himself, but maybe not saying that out loud. Definitely and, not and, get going and, there. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that's where, where things would be. Um, I think just to put in a little two cents to a little, little, little deposit towards season seven, I think he'll get there. I think he'll get to, I, I think that he's still early enough in his trajectory that he's capable of real self-examination. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that Sauron actually will learn like we'll learn and grow from this setback yeah. in ways yeah, that he would like, not do later on. Oh, I got to put it on my finger. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a, yep. Yeah. No, he's, um, he's got like the alpha project was interesting and there's definitely potential there. Um, uh, but he will never have another confidant like Theron Gwethel. He will yep. never have nope. another confidant like Theron Gwethel. And, that, so, and yeah, that's and that's huge. Right. That's what's ending here is that from here on out he's on his own, yep. and he's gonna have to conclude. Well, it's better this way. I'm better yep. off without someone who can stab me in the back like that. Yes. Yes. Because, because... if you have a, a strong supporter <laughs> like that, it just gives you, it just gives you the. It gives them the power to stab you in the back. Yeah. Right. Right. So who needs that moving on? And I think that is a pretty significant growth point for him Mm -hmm. to have gone from Sauron's posse of the underdogs who didn't have the power in the Angband structure to I was powerful in my own right and I didn't need them anyway. That was a perfect that that is a perfect step, I think, for him to take at this point. It is. Mm It is a step down, right? It mm-hmm. is a step towards the abyss, right? But right. it's a small step towards the abyss. And um, yeah, I'm not sure how small it is. It's a significant one, but I mean, it's not, it's not like a, it's, he's still nowhere near where there's, Morgan, there's, Morgan there's definitely is, versions but. of hell where it's, you're alone. That's what oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? No, absolutely. So no, I, I get it. It's, like, it's very significant. I can be on my own. I'm pretty sure that's a pretty big step towards the abyss. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. No, it's, I, I, I don't mean to downplay it, but no, but you're, no, you're right. It's it's not the okay. So let's plan mass genocide now. Yes, exactly. Like you know, I am now like just doing evil for the sake of doing evil. Or again, I'm like. The way that Melkor gets, and that Sauron ultimately gets too. Remember, Tolkien kept saying, uh, 
the path is towards nihilism, right? It's mm-hmm. towards um, like a total lack of self-examination, a lack even like where their ends of like their desire to dominate others becomes so pervasive that there's not even like there's not even it. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of other like other phrases are popping into my mind. Like there's not it's, it's like the cutting down of the trees in the sh- in the Shire by Sharky. Right. There's not even any any bad sense in it anymore. Right. 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 Um, that's that's the direction it always goes. But he's still way far from that. Like he's he can't be anywhere near nihilism yet because he still has so much so much further to go. But this is a significant step down that road and yet yeah. leaves him in a place where he can still be understandable. He can still be self-reflective. He can still think he's the hero of his own story. All of those things can still be true of him. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Like it. Like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that, the loss of that that you're describing yeah. should not, should happen along with the loss of his ability to appear in fair form. Right, yeah, yeah. That's the, the that's the when he comes back from. Uh, He's like, okay, Numenor. that's it. I'm that's just it. gonna. It's it's over. Yeah, like yeah, yeah we're we're yeah. locking down everything and right. no more and, Mr. Yeah, nice Guy. I, I feel like, yeah. Well, I mean, he was never that nice, but the, <laughs> no. Again, the cruel. Right. <laughs> that's right. in the name. <laughs> it's in the name. But the reason he is no longer able to take fair form, I think, should not merely be. The physical loss of his body. destruction of the body. No, I mean, I, I like it. We were talking about this on Twitter a while back, and Tom Hillman said he can, he loses the ability to take fair form because that's not in him anymore. Yeah, like yeah. He, he he's that, I've sold. He, Tom Hillman said it. Where that's, that's what that's, he's that's lost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's uh, and and I I think that's exactly right. It's not. It's easy to look at that and think like, well, this is a punishment that's been levied on him from outside. Right, that he's now like you've lost your fair form privileges. <laughs> right, we're we're going to revoke those. But it's no, it's like he cannot. Like he no longer has enough beauty in his soul to manifest that outwardly. There's nothing left, but the 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 dark lord is all that's left in there now. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Margoth's goal is nihilism from early on. But Sauron's that wasn't his goal. He just wanted to control everything and have everyone do what he said. Um, yeah, and the well, world I mean, would be much but, more orderly that way. Right. But the the whole path is towards nihilism. Is he's losing more and more of himself as he goes. Yes. And eventually, yes. there's nothing left. So yeah, I, I think losing pieces of yourself and then you know putting them all into a ring. <laughs> right. Is, um, yeah, not not a good not a good look. Yeah, no, that's exactly that's exa- yeah. And Morgoth was already a couple steps down the road by the end of the Aino Lindelay, right? So I mean, exactly. You know, he has a huge head start on Sauron in that regard. And by the way, so um, I see. So uh, the real Iduckman, we can't ex- go back over the whole Thorngwethel story in detail now. But one thing <laughs> I do want to say, it is certainly true that. Um, it is certainly true that Sauron will not know for sure. Like, it's not like he sees her corpse and it is suddenly revealed to him everything that she thought about betraying him, right? But that doesn't mean that he wouldn't leap to that conclusion, right? Because he's not only going to be angry, he's also going to be in denial, right? Like uh, Nick, as you said, his, he's going to be like, we're, we can't, like, what happened here? 
How did that happen? And he's not going to be able to accept, oh, you just lost a straight-up arm wrestling match to Luffy. Right. right? Yeah. That can't be what happened here. What happened here, there has to be something else. And so then he sees her, and he might be able to figure out, like, her cause of death, right? She was there. She was at the Well of Souls when it blew up. And he would then be like, "There, this must be her fault. She must have been trying to, like, she must have... So, Nick, the thing that you were saying that you were worried about, that's Sauron's theory. Mm. Right? Sauron's theory is that he was undermined by Thurin Gwethel. That must be what happened. Because it well, can't be that he just lost. There's, there's only one thing. I don't think she could have actively attempted to wrest control of the well from him without his knowledge it's kind of like when Frodo puts on the the one ring at Mount Doom like Sauron immediately knows who he is what he is where he is like he he knows intimately what's happening but no what I mean I see the parallel but I don't think so this is the Alpha Project. It's not it's his the, own exactly. power. That's exactly okay. No, no, no. He's okay, connected to it right. because it's him that's in the ring. This isn't yeah. him. That's, the, that's, the, that's, that's, that's going to be the improvement with the beta version. But the other thing is that he doesn't know for sure. Maybe, well, she was supposed to. But she's been nagging him about this. And she was supposed to be doing something during that fight that he sent her off to do. That obviously she clearly didn't do. Right. And whatever she did it didn't help. Was the opposite of help. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's very easy for him to blame her and be like, look, if she had just done what I told her to do, no, this would have happened. And now we have a blown up tower and everyone's dead. And you can't All trust of my plans are in days. ruins and my newfound yeah, yeah, yeah. power is where, gone. Where do you find good help these Where days? do you find good help? Story. Right. Exactly. But there, should yeah. be, there should be at least a moment. Somewhere in there, like, and it can harden. Mm-hmm. Um, but he should have a moment where he kind of like looks back at her and realize, and and like doesn't really believe any of that, right? Like, just for a split second, and then we he can... hardens his resolve to believe it yeah. anyway, right? Yeah, I I do not say that this narrative that he is telling himself mm-hmm. should be true or even rational. This is part of this is how he would rationalize the displacement of his anger and of his shame. Um, it, this would give him an opportunity to escape from his shame. And so he would seize it, even if it doesn't actually hold together or actually make sense. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, so I, I just just um, just thinking about that. OK, well, it is late. And we should let folks go. This was um, this is a really fun episode, and I love the fact that we took this crazy episode and made it even crazier. Um, I think that's phenomenal, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how all of these incredibly complicated things are handled <laughs> in the in the actual script. It's gonna be awesome. So. Our next session, we're we're gonna be delayed a little bit. I'm gonna be in Australia next week, and then we're gonna we're gonna push forward one more week after that. So our next session will be three weeks from tonight, not two weeks, three weeks from tonight on February 9th, um, at a regular time. And in the meantime, on Friday the third, um, so that's 
uh, that's two weeks from tomorrow, um, there will be the script discussion of episode 12. So we will be, you guys are getting close to the end there. Um, and then when we come, do we, do we, do we know the plan on February 9th? Are we going to be talking about the next episode? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to go on to episode, what is it? Eight. 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 This was seven. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. Um, excellent. Very good. So thanks everybody for joining us. This was a really, this was a really fun discussion and we will resume for episode eight uh, next time in three weeks time. Thanks everybody for joining us and we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Thanks for listening and Godspeed. <laughs>